My name is Matt Brown. And there'll be I'm a little just, note on the I'm bottom. I'm just saying, here's, here's the good news. Looks like y'all could play for the Knicks. Ooh, wow, 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 right oh, off the rip. Off the rip, Barry with the kill oh. shot. Whoa, what's Oof. going on? Are they supposed to be a shooter? Is that you, bro? Wow. What's going on? You don't even need Secret Service. <laughs> Sheesh. Man. Well, that was a fun interview. Thanks for talking. You okay, all right. Good luck with your little book. Sit down. What we got to talk about? You know what time it is. Let's start the show. Podcast. I am your host, Matt Brown, and I hope everybody is excellent. What's up? I hope everybody's doing great on Thursday, December 10th, 2020. In two, three weeks from this very day, I turned 26 years old. That's right. My birthday's in three weeks. In two weeks, it's Christmas Eve. In two weeks and a day, it's Christmas. Oh, baby. We're in the final three weeks of the year. Let's go. Do it right. I hope everybody is dandy and having a good evening, a good morning, a good afternoon. Whenever you're listening to this podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I hope everything is all right. And if you're going through some obstacles, I believe you will overcome it. How's everybody doing today? Because I'm doing quite excellent. Because one, the New York football giants are still in first place. Woo to that. Seriously, woo to that. And like I said, this year's almost over. We keep grinding it out. And uh, I'm excited to see where things go. We're just keep working hard, grinding, and prospering. You know who does that often? You know who grinds, works hard, and prospers? Who overcomes obstacles and is a damn great individual, a damn great man. A damn great person. You know who that person is? That person is none other than Steve Casalunas, and he is on the Productive Conversation podcast today. Oh, man, Kaz is on the show today. We are so lucky. I'm lucky as a host. You're lucky as a listener and audience member. And damn, our conversation that lasted almost two and a half hours was one of the best podcasts I have done so far. Seriously, Steve has a great head on his shoulders. He's an aspiring engineer. And you know what? Before you know it, I wouldn't be surprised if you see him creating his own content like this. Because seriously, this guy has a great voice. This guy has a great attitude. And this guy brings his own vibe that everybody can appreciate and enjoy. And having said all of those kind words, let me prove to you why Steve Casalunas is the freaking man. And I, he's just a great, great person to be around. Seriously. 
This is my conversation with Steve Casalunas. And I, like I said, it's a great one. All right, Steve, it's your turn. Let's do it. Everybody who is taking the time to listening to this, you have done well in your investment because I have literally one of the greatest people on planet Earth, and I'm not just exaggerating. This guy has a lot of my respect. This guy is awesome vibes. I could even say sometimes you are a great influence to me with all the stuff you accomplish and what you're able to do. But here he is. Steven Kazalunas is on the Productive Conversations podcast. Steve Kaz, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I am so thrilled to have you on here. <laughs> Maddie B, baby. What's going on, my guy? Happy to be here. Dude, I'm just thrilled. Like I said, feelings mutual. You're looking great, my dude. We have a nice little setup behind you. I mean, we have the Hall of Famer champ, Bailey, um, in full swing, the Yinglings. Man, and all respect. This Thank you. Oh. You're right, man. Got to surround yourself with greatness. I mean, seriously, you know what? I look at see yourself here in this whole studio. I can't yep. wait to show off more once these COVID cases go down. But um, Damn right. But Steve... What's going on, bro? It's uh, December 2020. Uh, we're about to finally get out of this hellhole. I mean, we got from this podcast, we have 30 days to go. Um, how you feeling, bro? What's going on in the world of Stephen Casalunas? Dude, every day is another day, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Just, uh, you know, get up and grind, you know, Um you gotta, you gotta enjoy it. You know, um, you know, things, things have changed a lot drastically since, you know, starting college, being in college, Mm -hmm. graduating, working, and then COVID. And now we're here, man. And, you know, you go from having the number one pick in fantasy, (laughs) picking Christian McCaffrey, life looks good. And next thing you know, got him in that IR slot so you know like that's you just got to keep going you know Mike Davis you know what I mean (laughs) Mike Davis shows that why we got to keep going push it wrong but yeah why don't we get it to that to start it off off the bat yo you and I low-key fantasy partners in the way starting the league um Dude, we're in our sure. this is our third year in a league in general, and then you and I help us start. Well, I don't know what the league was called last year, but with the Sweetness League this year and all our other fantasy endeavors, bro. Fantasy football, how we feel? How many leagues you in? All right, I'm in six leagues. You're in six leagues, <laughs> and it it wasn't my choice. It just kind of happened that way. Oh shoot! So. Yeah. So I knew like, I knew we were going to have one. I was at least hoping for one. So I was like, all right, you know, my goal was to do three. That was my goal. Yeah. So, you know, I have this one, then I always have, um, one with a few of the Theta Chi boys. Mm -hmm. And then I have one with my, my job. So I'm like, all right, three is three is good. Three solid. Keep up with that. Right, right. Three is like, it's a lot, but like, you know, you can focus on it. I'm telling you, six is the worst thing that's ever happened to me. I mean, I can't even like, there's so much I have to do on all six. It's like, it's not even fun. It's like, it's a, it's a job. It's another job, you know? Especially Um, with this very 
unique schedule with games getting moved and canceled. We're still in a fantasy week still going on. It's only Tuesday. And no, um, then we hop right back in on on Thursday. Yeah, I'm only doing our league this year because we're just trying to catch up on a million things. You're I almost slipped your mind. And thanks for reminding me to get it going. And we've been rocking through. I mean, last year, you won it all. Last year, killing it. I um, you're damn right I did. <laughs> I collapsed in mine. Then um, the year before, we had the Unger one run. Um, and do really yeah. well in that one. And I think you were in one even the year before that. So four years of fantasy when it was like the core four and those guys. And I won that one. I won it all. Um, thanks to uh, Todd Gurley leading it that year. And I remember I was playing Rosa in the final in the championship. And Alshon Jeffrey needed only eight points. And he just had the worst dud game ever. And then I won that prize. And uh, that's, you know, it's funny you say that because every single time I face up against Allen Robinson, he goes off mm -hmm. like he did the other night. He had one or two touchdowns and it's like that alone is enough points to, you know, yeah, sway the tide. Tell me about the, the fantasy players you're scared of. Like, anytime I go up against Tyreek Hill, luckily I don't have, I didn't go last this past week. He yeah. scored 57 points in a PPR league. I saw one non PPR league, yeah. he scored 300. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, See? whoever did that, like, yeah, you know, how could you follow that? That's, that's just crazy. But, um, no, um, yeah, you know, who's, who's somebody that's, uh, Scary. I mean, this year definitely Dalvin Cook. Yeah. Um, but he got. You know, I was going to play him. Brad had him, and uh, he, he got hurt. He saved me. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it looks like he's going to be able to come back this week. But he. Yeah, and I think he even went back in that game, which was a little crazy to me because yeah. he needed help walking to the sideline originally, and I was like, "Damn, like that's your a team fun. right there. Like, why would you? <laughs> he doesn't. But like, <laughs> you know. Um, I'll tell you this too interesting sway in here is I've had um, Alvin Kamara yeah, in back-to-back uh, -back years. He, he can. And, but you know what? He's um, even before Taysom Hill took over, he, uh, he doesn't put up enough points now. Like he, he's been putting up single digits like the last two or three weeks. And mm -hmm. they're saying like his involvement in the offense. And I'm just kind of sitting here scratching my head. Like, why is he not involved in the offense? This guy has MVP material, you know, and like last year he was kind of disappointing, you know, not a lot of touchdowns this year struggling now. And I'm kind of sitting here like, dude, give my guy the ball, please give him the rock. Yeah. He's so good. And he's he great so in the good. backfield too, and he gets receptions in there. He could be a solid, if they're, if they're you know, if they're having three go out uh, to, with two guys out in a slot, you can also get, put him as another slot to be just as good with that, with that yeah. team. No, and you know what else too? Um, a lot of people talk about the Cleveland Browns duo, right? With Chubb and Hunt, and like yeah. all respect, absolutely nasty. You know, either way, you're going to be great. But I feel as though if you're going to ask me, my top duo of running backs it's definitely Kamara and Latavius Murray because yeah. I believe that Murray could be a starter on almost any Easily, NFL yeah. team. The guy's a stud, you know, um, definitely a stud.
So. And I, uh, yeah, like my favorite fortune and, and like really paying it like as the years go on and, and getting better recognizing players before, um, they really hit it big. And that, that really helped mm-hmm. with this season. Like for instance, I picked up DK Metcalf and honestly just remembering he really went nice. off at the end of the year last year and yeah. helped bring the Seahawks in. And I saw he was available. No one picked him up. So scooped and that was so far has panned out. I mean, he's responsible for me winning yesterday. I was down by eight against Brad and he scored 16 at the, um, 150. And you and I this year, uh, um, we're competing, especially for points differentials. You and I are at the very top uh, running for it. And, I mean, your team's scary as hell, bro. I won't lie. I'd be scared. I mean, I've been, I've Derek Hedry, who's been uh, having the another MVP-type year. Honestly, three more seasons like this, he's in the Hall of Fame. I know the way he's just dominating. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 100%. Derek Henry, I mean, he he won't win MVP solely because he's a running back. And the other positions that are there. Yeah. But he needs to have the respect of being in that top five conversation. Just because that that team, without Derrick Henry, they don't make that (laughs) run last year. This year, they're like Ryan Tannehill's doing his job, but he's not going to bring you to the the Super Bowl without Derrick Henry. No. Running through 300 pound men for fun. Even with, no. I mean, they're, they've good wideouts with Davis and Brown, but you, it's Derek Hardy. On a 3-10, and 10, yeah. you can actually hand it off to him, and there's a good chance he would get the first oh, down. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean. There's if, no if running you, back except maybe Zeke a little, do that. Yeah, if you give him a head start, man, that guy is going. You don't even need to, but if you do, move. <laughs> Seriously. Move. Oh, for sure. Man. And then luckily yeah. been fortunate with picking Josh Allen. I knew that uh, as my quarterback before a lot of other guys. And uh, though he hasn't had – he's having wins. In the last three weeks, we were not seeing a lot of big 20-point 20 20, – 30-point games as you saw. But he's still being consistent. He's hitting what he's projected. He's um, a good, solid fantasy quarterback. You yeah. know, like you can you can win a fantasy football league confidently with Josh Allen. For sure. I had um, my man Dak, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. You know, went down early. Yeah, um, that was a tough one. You know, yeah, that was really upsetting because in four of my six leagues, he was my guy. So that was just really tragic. Uh, definitely a season changer, but more than that you know, contract year, you hope to see that he still gets it, you know, um, a lot of respect to him. So we'll, we'll see how things turn out in our league. You yeah. know, every day is a new story. It's, so. it's freaky. The last one playoffs start for our league playoffs start next week. So this is the final game of the, se- the regular season. So, uh, we got a, did you win this week or is it, is it, is it finished yet? I, um, I did win this week. It finished last night. Yeah. yeah I had a bro. close, I had a close matchup with my homeboy, Jacob. You know, he scared me last night. He had Russ and Miles Sanders, and I was like, yeah. oh, man, I'm done. But Chris Carson came to play. <laughs> my, guy, my guy's got, like, 14 different injuries, but, you know, he's like, nah, put me in there. You know? Uh, shouts to the boy, Jacob Murray. Me and him DM about the Giants a lot lately this year. He's a great dude, he's man. He's the man. He's a really great dude. He is the man. Yep. 
I've been I've been great friends with him since like seventh grade. No way. And we're still we're still really close. Talk like every day. So how about that, man? I mean, we all gotta get some brews one day once this COVID shit's over. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Maybe we should even go see a uh, see a Giants game. I know they play Denver next year. I'm pretty sure. Oh, New York. You don't so. know you. Once that schedule comes out, we're going, bro. I don't give. I don't care. All right, dude. I'm in. Guaranteed, I'm in. man. I missed. So, I missed uh, it this year. Last year, I saw Giants Bills, and um, uh, yeah. I just I try to get my game a year, and obviously not this year. So uh, if we see if we see Broncos Giants, that would be a thrill. You know, speaking of that, stay really on. great game. Hell yeah, hell yeah, <laughs> dude. Speaking of your Broncos. <clears throat> First of all, I mean, this has been quite this this weekend alone. I, you'd think that was a top story, but with everything going on, with that with the mess going on. But Steve, first, you are a uh, Denver Broncos fan, and first things first. Sure. Before we get that, how'd you be? You you're from Connecticut. How are you, a Denver Broncos fan? All right. So um, when I was about eight years old. Um, my parents went out one weekend and took me to uh, either Foxwoods or Mohegan. I think it was Foxwoods, mm-hmm. and it was um, it was it was a weird vacation. It was one of those things where I was off from school, so it was either like a Thursday or Monday night football. I remember that. Yep. And um, my dad went downstairs to go gamble, mm-hmm. and. So it was just me and my mom in the room and I turned on the TV and I saw that it was Chargers and Broncos. <laughs> and it was like, you know, I'm eight years old just watching this game and the Broncos had the lead the whole time. I could tell like they weren't, they were trying so hard, but their starters weren't in, you know, and I, I just, I loved playing football at the time. I didn't really know. Uh-huh. I, I knew the basics, but I don't know. I didn't know football then like I do now, you know, right. and um, I'm watching the game and the Chargers start coming back, coming back, and it uh, comes down to the last play, and they score a field goal as time expires. Mm-hmm. And I remember being so devastated. Oh. And <laughs> ever since that night, I, was, I never cared about any team more than I did there, so I just – kept following them ever since then. How about that? Yeah, that's so. that's what's unique about the NFL is you can have so many fans and they could be they could live in one place and their team is all is somewhere else in the country. I think that's one unique about NFL teams. So, you do find a lot of stories like that. And um do you remember the players on the early Broncos teams that you started to really like? Oh man. Like when oh, Tim Tebow your guy when he was playing? <laughs> Oh my God. So speaking of my guy, Timmy, um, <laughs> the night that we won the AFC wildcard playoff against the Pittsburgh Steelers, that I crazy think it comeback. was 2011. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was 2011. First play in overtime, 80 yard touchdown mm-hmm. to Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas. I remember running outside my house, screaming on my knees. Yep so happy and full of excitement and just like, Oh my God, that just happened. And 
one of my neighbors actually called my house and asked if I was okay. <laughs> because I was screaming that loud. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I never better. <laughs> never better, you know? That I was hear a great that, moment. Dude, dude. and so, moment. I mean, recently, within the last 10 years, you saw two Broncos, cha- two Broncos, uh, twice they saw the Broncos in the Super Bowl. You saw them, yes. Super Bowl 48, they played the Seahawks, and don't want to remind you. We don't have to talk about it. We don't have to loss. talk about Super Bowl 48, but you know, we can talk about <laughs> Super, Super Bowl 50. <laughs> we can talk about Super Bowl 50. Yeah, well, you know, the Legion boom, hey man, it was the Legion of boom at their prime, so no shame with that. But yes, yeah, Super, yeah. Super Bowl 50, Panthers and the Broncos. Peyton Manning's very last game ever. Von Miller winning MVP. And we all know the infamous fumble of Cram Newton that just won you the Super Bowl. And the week before you beat Tom Brady and the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Yes, sir. So tell me yes, about sir. that day, Kaz. Where were you during Super Bowl 50? The day you saw your team, the most important day for an NFL fan, see them win the big game. Where were you? So, so I was about 25 feet from where I'm sitting right now. I was in my <laughs> living room with my, with my family. Um, I have learned the hard way from watching close people to me that if your team is in the Super Bowl, you do not go to a Super Bowl party. Yeah, that, that is, is an unwritten rule. One on one. Yeah, like it's okay. It's not the same. It's not the same. Like, yeah. If I were to go watch, you know, a regular Super Bowl with friends, you know, I'm drinking beer, we're having a good time, we're watching the game. I'm paying attention for sure because I'm a football fan. Yeah. But I'm not paying attention like when my quarterback. Is, is on that television mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm looking at everything he's doing. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to freaking smell the game, you know, like I can't, I can't have people in the background talking shit. I can't have, you know, girls wanting to take pictures and stuff. No, <laughs> this is, we have pizza, we have wings, we have yingling and we are sitting there and we are watching the game. And if you have anything second. negative to say, leave. Right. Because <laughs> yeah. that's, that's just it. And the only exception is if you're watching the game with really close friends, like like a few of you, and you all have the same interests. But you're right. A general I think you party. You're a fan like, of the team, too. Like, that's yeah. just me. Because, like, I, I don't want to hear people saying. Because, you know, if your team loses, which I've had the horrible experience of that, yeah. you don't want people telling you that your team lost. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need that because it's one of those things where as you get older, you know, you make a mistake. You don't need somebody telling you that you made the mistake. I got it. I know, man. Mm -hmm. But like when your team loses and someone's rubbing it in, it's like, dude, I have watched this team play for weeks. I know everything about this team. I love this team. You feel like a part of you dies when you lose a Super Bowl. You know, like, the Super Bowl is a lot different from a lot of other championships in sports. Right now, because, like, football, one win is so freaking big. You know, you play (laughs) once a week, man. You got to get back to – like, you don't have time to mope and be sad about the mistakes you made. You have time to learn and correct them, and that's it. But, like, 
each week. That's why every week in football is so important, you know? So when you get to that Super Bowl, you don't know when your next appearance is going to be. Nope. I mean, that was the last time the Broncos were in it in 2015. And it's been a while. I'll be honest with the, uh, a few. Yeah. And <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell you something, man, but the way that they're looking, I, I got to give my guy Elway a call. Cause he's got to <laughs> sign me up there. I'll, I'll go, I'll volunteer my time. Like this is, you know, yeah, we, we need something different. And especially when you've got a guy named Mahomes, it, you got to face him twice a year. Yep. You know? So. No, you're 100% on the money with that. I mean, listen, at the end of the day, yes, sports is just sports, but it is our ultimate hobby and our ultimate escape from everything. And I get it. Sports are not for everybody, and that's totally fine. But when, but for a lot of people, it is the ultimate escape and distraction. And that's why it makes sense, especially if you wait forever. Like, I get it when people get emotional during these championships because you don't know what's going to happen, especially if you win it and how much joy it provides for people. Like, yes. you know, different sport, but like when the Cubs won the World Series, you know, after 100 right. exactly. years. They exactly. waited over 100 years. There's generations of families who never saw that happy never. moment. And so it made sense when people got emotional for that stuff. So I hear what you're saying. And, and yes, you should only watch – those, that moment with someone like you really care about, like people you're around that really mm-hmm. care about to make that special moment. And um, in my lifetime, I've seen the Giants in uh, two Super Bowls. I was alive and breathing. They were in the Super Bowl. The first Super Bowl I remember was was Super Bowl 37. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I got that right. 36-37, Bucks raiders Wow. Two years before that, the Giants were in against the Ravens that got their ass beat. And... Um, but yeah, I only saw, I've seen them twice and it's been since 2011 since I saw them. And, uh, that's a long, see what I mean? Time ago. And, uh, see what I mean? And like that's literally a cent. No, <laughs> yeah. A decade ago. Like, damn, yeah, like, we haven't been in the playoffs since, uh, 2016. That's a four years ago. It's been the whole, as many, as long as Trump has been in all, no, 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 not even – Obama was still president the last time the Giants were in the playoffs. and Well, hey, it's looking like it may be this year. Bro, might, you don't might, know how might, much – Might only need one or two more wins. You might, you might be there. Oh, my God. <laughs> that, especially with, see, with Philly losing last night, it's huge. Like, and, like, people are asking me – like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so giddy about the Giants being in first. I'm sure Jacob's the same way. I mean – and, and like when people say, oh, your, your division is horrible. I'm like, literally, first things first. If this was your team, I get it. We are, it's a trashy division, but we're the golden um, trash bags in this. And the team <laughs> looks so much, so improved. And if we were in your position, like I have this Chiefs fan who trolls me 24-7. He knows who he is. And he uh, has to remind me how shitty the division the is. Worst. He told me. He is the worst. <laughs> he told me three, you're getting oh, three wins. Guess what? We beat that. And I'm just tired of people telling me how awful the team is. But you know what? We're making it. Still counts. We'll host our first playoff game. Um, we haven't hosted a playoff game in, in uh, nine years either. So you know what? It's time. The Gi- It's time for the Giants to uh, at least make the playoffs. I get it. We're not – you know, who knows what's going to happen. But I'm, I, I actually, like, give a shit about my team, even – even like you know through the worst of it and you, and you know where i really get the brunt of it is being a knicks fan 
like oh. it's like a personal oh, it's a personal uh flaw of mine to be a Knicks and a loyal and vocal one. And I was like, first, when the Knicks are good, the amount of fan where the fans coming, just remember who's loyal. Um like and especially, I mean, we're seeing more Giant fans being vocal again. And, uh, like, like no, I, I care about Yeah, I totally hear you. So Yeah, no, yeah. You know, on top of that, too, though, it's um about the, the loyal thing and everything to a team. You, you know, I think what makes that process more difficult is the front office of the team, not just the yeah. players. Because you know that the players are given everything that they have. But when, when the front office is making mistakes or like making decisions that you don't necessarily agree with, mm-hmm. it makes it harder to be like all in on this team. And so like, for example, as a diehard Red Sox fan, mm-hmm. when I found out the news of the year that they won, 2018, yep. you know, that, that really makes me be like, damn. Like that, you know, like that, it has an asterisk next to it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that, you know, like, and if just, if you ashamed, me, you know? just, just cutting it for, for people who um, aren't aware, the Red Sox, unfortunately, were involved in an incident where the, um, there was some Stein stealing and, uh, and uh, they it was were, lies. Called, what? It was what? <laughs> I said it was, it was lies. <laughs> Well, all right. Allegedly, I'll say allegedly for that, and um, it cost Alex Cora's job. But they put, hey man, they liked him enough. They brought him right back. So um, brought him back. Yeah. But yeah, that's an example that that's tough. But yeah, if you want to go more into that, you were saying. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, damn, like I'm not gonna just switch to a different team. You know what I mean? Like I can't just do that. That's not me. But like. You know, you, you think about when those kind of things happen and you're just like, I'm I'm rooting for this team, you know, like I'm yeah. buying tickets to these games. I, I'm watching I'm watching what's going on. And that's a decision that come on, they all knew what was going on. Don't mm-hmm. don't don't be don't play me like that, you know, and like it's just a little frustrating, you know, because it's like you wanna back up your team, but like it's that's that's to. like yeah that's like me saying oh what cheating doesn't matter that's like me oh. saying what the astros did is totally okay too Definitely, you know I mean? fuck like, the astros man i really yeah. for the listen man i hate yeah. your red Sox as you hate my yankees and it's fair you know we have we have a it's mutual fair. agreement for the sports hate of our teams yeah fuck the yankees too <laughs> but i like you matt brown exactly <laughs> uh, fuck your red Sox, but i like you but for the rest of my life i legit hate the astros as much as the red Sox, and that's saying something I, yeah i i think that that is the one thing that Yankees fans and Red Sox fans can't agree on. <laughs> yes, bro. The Astros. And the, oh the my Astros. God, the Astros are so fucking lucky that COVID took away the fans because nobody was letting up. They were getting destroyed in spring training before this all went down. Yeah. You know, and two on top of that, like how pathetic is it that Rob Manfred oh my really God. didn't give guy. them a punishment. Nope. But instead, put forth made made the higher priority to protect them versus mm-hmm. other players. You want to protect them? Don't allow them to play a season. Yeah, 
Take no, away their draft that picks. That would protect man. them. Don't let them play. Or if like, if they had the balls, take away the take away the uh, championship like they did, like NCAA's done to some schools who were caught in scandals. I would have been fine like, with that. Yeah, you, you know, like the yeah, and the whole like like I get it from like a fan's perspective, and but to think about it from like a moral and business perspective mm-hmm. for a second, like think about how many people that they robbed. Right. Like they cheated out so many people in this country and other countries. Yeah. For just, you know, to win. I mean, how much revenue was brought into that team mm-hmm. just by winning? I mean, think about all the Astros championships, t-shirts, hats, all that. Is it stuff. all in a lie? Like, the ceremony, all that stuff, like visiting the white house, all those kind of things. Somebody's paying for at the end of the day. And these guys were lying the whole time. And the punishment was mm-hmm. not – I mean, if that's the punishment, right, if that's, like, what baseball has decided, like, if you cheat, this is the worst it's going to get, why wouldn't you cheat? Seriously. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? You're only going to get a slap on the wrist. So You get a slap – you just do a farm system with your front office instead. Get a new coach and GM every mm-hmm. year. But screw it. Your players are – you know, these, like these players, you know, like they ought to be ashamed of themselves too. Like they worked so damn hard to get there. Like they are great players, but like, they didn't need to do that, dude. They didn't need to do it. They they, they, they seriously fucked them. I mean, you're, they don't, I hope none of them have, if they have great careers, fine. None of them deserve a hall of fame, but Altuve, hell no. Springer, Correa, Bregman. I mean, Bregman's just a douchebag looking dude, anyways. And then you just add more yeah, to his sucks. ego. <laughs> I hate Bregman. Yeah, he Man, sucks. Seriously. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that team is a disgrace to baseball and how baseball handled it. Oh, man. Why don't we talk about that baseball lately? You and I are, deep, as we mentioned, diehard baseball fans. Bro, baseball is its own worst enemy lately, especially in the last decade, how much they have lost popularity. And it's really almost 100% on them from, I would say when we were kids, right? Um, like, like it's peak, like 03, 04, we had some insane ALCS historics. Some, some more, you know, you, I, I give you guys credit. You came back three, nothing, even though that's the most painful thing ever. It really is as a Yankee fan. And, um, that was baseball was pretty relative at that point. You, you know, I think people like rec knows who Jeter is, know who or big poppy, Manny Ramirez, uh, you know, those guys are pretty, pretty relevant. And now people don't know, unless you're a real diehard. I don't even, it's hard to say if you're a diehard sports fan. If you know some of these b- baseball players, unless you, unless you like baseball, like it's, it's sad to say, but Aaron, Okay. I think Aaron Judge is relatively known, but um, like Mike Trout, oh yeah, best player in baseball. Nobody knows who that guy is. Mookie Wilson's so freaking amazing to look at. I don't I bet you the average Joe doesn't know who Mookie Wilson is. Baseball has really ruined itself popularity-wise for a lot of different reasons. But tell me, tell me, Steve, how do you feel about base the state of baseball right now, and how is how it's not getting cool anymore? I think you um I think you really 
hit the nail on the head with that one. Like they really are their um, own worst enemy. I mean, it's such a great game. Um, and I think a lot of it has to do with Bob Manfred and the guys around him. It, it's, you know, and, too. And, yeah. And they, and they've even considered like, there's obviously talks about getting rid of this guy, but he's got <laughs> some powerful friends and on top of that, that's a process. So who's going to take the job? You know, I mean, look at what Adam Silver has done for the NBA. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, he just put his foot down and took care of it. You know, yep. I mean, they, they didn't, I don't think they had a single positive COVID test within that bubble. I really don't believe that they did. Nope. And if they did, they kept it low profile and they just took care of business and they had a they had a great season with yes, no the, bumps. I mean, the NBA was able to did. have finish their season with the, putting their bubble in Disney World. Yeah, yeah, and now you've got this with they they, they had their um they had the players get visited by their families at a certain point in time in the yep. season. I I mean, they really they really did it with they just worked together and they got it done. Mm-hmm. And and you look at the leadership for these other sports. And it should be eye-opening to yeah. a sports fan who sees it from a business side too. Like these guys are jokes. They don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And you know, baseball, I mean, it's sad to say, but like, so like basketball, for instance, so many players are so marketable. You know, you've got mm-hmm. LeBron James, Zion. I mean, you say those names and, and you got to pay a fee, you know, right. but then you go to baseball and it's like, you know, you have probably the most diverse players of any sport in the country. Easily. And you choose to limit what they can do. There's actually a rule for the kinds of colors and the amount of each of those colors that players can have on their cleats. Yeah, that's that's just so stupid, man. Are you kidding me? Like, like, like who cares? The, <laughs> Like the different basketball, like shoes styles and like football cleats are, is, is like a huge part. It's not huge, but it's a part that like you'll see on Instagram posts of players. You'll see it on ESPN. Like people dedicate games and stuff to, to fans, family members, all that kind of stuff. And it's mm-hmm. like, you could make this game so much fun. You got to market the game. And, and, and market just, his players. You got to have give those personalities. Right, market the players. Yeah. I mean, they're awesome people and they're really talented. And, you know, you've got this new generation that really doesn't care to sit down for nine innings and watch a game. And, and like, I'll be honest, even as a fan, like, you know, some of those games are four, four and a half hours and mm-hmm. it's a, it's a long time. You it's know, not a lot like of action, what you do. do. Right, right. There's not a lot going on, but it's like there is more that they can do. There, there really is. And it's, it's sad. It's sad because baseball is, is hurting themselves. And how they handled the COVID thing is just a joke too. Yeah, you they know? had to do that bubble. And thank God they did, even though it's some fishy. How did even some players in the bubble somehow – got COVID. I mean, Justin Turner after had to take it out and came back and then hanging out without the mask and the boy, that yeah, was weird, on. but, um, come on. and yeah, we need to have 
to give these players, that's the best thing about the NBA and NFL particulars. They know how to market their players. They let their, they show off the tweets they do, the trash talk. I mean, when baseball has some fight whatsoever, the people don't give a shit. They're not doing anything. The ups is, yeah. no, 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 don't touch each other. You need to have, build those rivalries again. We need the Yankees and Red Sox to hate each other. You need Aaron Judge to talk shit about, I'm, with all due respect, I mean, who the Red Sox, who, who do they have? Be careful. Um, Be very careful. Like, Walking up in line, my friend. <laughs> he, need, he needs to start beef with, I don't know, uh, um, Jackie Bradley Jr. Or uh, I think he's a free agent anyways. But you need to show off care of other people like Fernando Tatis Jr. You need to yes. show off t- – you yes. need to show a very – you know, diverse players, like I said, Tatis Jr. You need to show off a Javi Baez on the Cubs. You need to show off a, a Tim a um, Tim Beckham from the uh, White Sox. You need to show how cool and swagger these players are. Like Juan Soto, that dude's a cocky motherfucker. But um, he's fun to watch and stuff like Fucking that. Stud. And you need that to have the stud. heels too. You need to show off Bregman being a dick to dick on social media people talking shit you need to have that and it's not bad for the sport you clearly show why baseball is associated with all these old ass eight 70 to 80 year olds um who yeah. are, who have who yeah. aren't down to see players go at it and when play when baseball did have like a boom in like the 60s 70s and 80s you had pitchers thrown inside you had pitcher you had more fights going in that's what made the game who interesting. Who doesn't love when someone charges the mound? Come on. Yeah, you, you know? have to have that conflict. That's like saying you, yeah, like, you know, that's like saying you watch NASCAR just to watch them drive in circles. Come on, <laughs> we want to see some explosions. Yeah, right, right. You know, like that's, yeah, like bring some action, bring some like love to the game, you know, like some passion. And passion's not always rainbows and sunshine, you know, no. like passion brings a lot of different emotions, I, you know. I think Manfred like, thinks that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know, on top of that, too, it's interesting because the proposals on how to handle the season with COVID were so, like, formal and, like, not personal at all between the, um, you know, the front office of Major League Baseball and then the Players Association, right? Yeah, But you think about it like this, like, why do you think the NBA had no problems? Well, maybe because Adam Silver sat down and talked to the president of the Players Association, Chris Paul, and was able to, on a personal level, ask them, what do you guys want and need to make this happen? Because this is what our ideas are. This is how far we're willing to go. Like, that's how business gets done. Relationships. You know, face to face conversations. That's when shit gets done. And when, yeah, and and like when you're making these big decisions, like these aren't decisions like my job calling me into the office during COVID, okay? These are decisions that you've got players with families, with kids, with maybe live with older relatives too. And like they can't do that stuff. Like they'll actually be putting, the people they love and their their health at risk. And you need to accept that. Like other than the fact that these guys are just the reason why you get richer by the day, you need to recognize that they have needs and wants too. And that's just what makes a great organization. You know, like you've got 
you've got clowns like Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman talking about these horrible proposals back and forth and how they're just getting rejected and making, just stirring, stirring the pot. You know what I mean? Just like making things worse. That's what they do. Fuck them. I hate you guys. I should have your jobs. Anyways. Um, <laughs> I never want to go into that. <laughs> A little later. Yeah, yeah. Keep going though. Keep going. Facts. Yeah. Um, Ah, oh, no. So I guess what I'm saying is like, you, you can't, you can't have that, that, that non-personal relationship and then let everyone else give their input onto what's going on because then you get people's opinions. And when you're making a big decision of something that you're responsible for, it's good to hear people's opinions, but not everybody's nope. because not everybody knows what the hell they're talking about, knows what's going on. You're right. I mean, if, if you're in charge of that, like be in charge of it. And if not, let somebody else do it because Rob Manfred is like really ruining the sport that you and I love so much. And, yep. you know, it really starts with like kids. It really does. Like you're not going to last, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years if the last people who like it are you and me literally <laughs> people man. our age you need to put those players you know? in environments where younger kids can look up to them you need to have you need to have yeah. these superhero types like when we have the yankees red Sox and that peak and you know they were literally fighting with each other when you had you had manny big poppy jeter um jeter a rod you need to have those guys who we're cool looked up to. You need to feature them on random shows. You need to put them in TikToks. You need to put them um Yeah. You need to put them on these talk shows. You need to put them in places where people see and care about them and Yeah. We need yeah, to have right. players like, like like Jeter Jeter, we all know Jeter has some history He's dating all these famous actors and actresses. You need to find those players who are um you know, cool, get, getting to know the the, the no, next I, big YouTube yeah. star. I know you want to connect with them. Like these are guys like you wanna you see them on ESPN dunking, but you want to see what they do after practice too, you know? Yeah. And um, like, sorry, uh, I was just saying that um, ESPN barely puts baseball on barely. I mean, it's not as bad as hockey, but you know, when does first take talk about baseball? Never. ESPN uh, is the worst. Man. Oh, man. I am so disappointed in the, the development of that. TV show of that channel. I mean, seriously though, like yeah. ESPN has taken a great thing and made right. it into entertainment. Now, you know what I'm saying? Oh man. They, like, they, they, sometimes you feel they've dumbed down and they don't do, and baseball hasn't done anything interesting to make them that way. And I think there's also rules with the rights on baseball. Like baseball wants people to go to their network, but that's hard because, um, it's not carried yeah. and stuff like that. And like they have the right, mm -hmm. all these exclusive rights to MLB network over an ESPN, a bleacher report and a, the zone. And they need to allow yeah, that to happen. So those other outlets can promote the sport and make it relevant and cool. And, and as long as mm -hmm. they can also speed up, um, they just need to speed up their game. I do agree with that. Figure out one way or the other. And maybe, do, we, do they really need to play 162 games? Um, yeah, you know, figure out how yeah. to make it shorter. Let, let me expand on that, right? Like, um, 
with baseball, I don't think that I don't think the solution is like one thing. You know what I mean? I think they need to do a lot of things, and it needs to be a process. You know what I mean? Like, like you're right, 162 games. Like, damn, that's a long freaking time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like these players have like, I mean, to think about all the traveling yeah. and and really everything, the time away from your families and stuff, like maybe that's also a part of the reason why people don't like it. Like, because every game, like think about it in football, every game is so important because right. there's not a lot, nope. you know, and in basketball too, like 82 is still a lot, but you know, you, you kind of get a feel that with 82, like, you know, the, the spread of how the teams should be laid out in for the playoff picture, it comes out pretty accurately. And, um, right. you know, like with, with baseball, I mean, 162 games. I mean, if they do anything, right, like maybe extend spring training because you, spring training has got to be spring training. Yeah, and you, there's no way that the season can end in any other month except October. Nope. So they got to do something, but For sure. you know, maybe spread it out, shorten it something. But like you said, market the players, you know, shorten the season. I, I mean, there's, there's gotta be limitations to some of this stuff. And like, you know, I know the instant replay is like a huge thing. I think like, you know, the, the coaches challenges is good because umpires make mistakes. Oh yeah. <laughs> but on on top of that, umpires are part of baseball. So you have that part like as a true I I play I started playing T-ball when I was 4 years old. And I know that I've had some horrible calls go against me and oh, I've had yeah. some horrible calls go my way. And you, you know, like the rule book, rule book, like the umpire is a part of the game. And that's something that they need to really figure out. Like you, you should really have people watching every single pitch, every single play in the background, like pay those people, have them ready to go. So that way when a crazy play happens, it doesn't take 15 minutes yeah, it does to come up while, with a decision. Really. And then, cause then also a big call happens and then the coach comes out and starts <laughs> at the umpire. Then he gets ejected and that's another 20 minutes. You right. know what I mean? Like, like that kind of thing, that kind of time mm-hmm. can't happen in a game that takes up like an eighth of a, of a fucking day. Right, yeah. You're you're totally right, bro. And, I mean, we could trust that an NFL game will be three hours no matter what. And and NBA, Mm -hmm. two hours. And I get it. Those are time-sanctioned games. But you just Mm -hmm. have to figure out a way to – to, that's why I don't mind at this moment they have the um, extra guy in second, extra inning rule. Um, I don't mind in the regular season. I really don't. I just think Mm -hmm. the players should get another chance with that. They just have to up in the stakes. I think the – though the ratings didn't show, I really didn't, my, well, I, I have to rethink about this, but at this moment of the top of my head, the extra playoff round, I think that was actually kind of cool to be honest with you. The three game series. Um, you should definitely have more playoff games than regular yeah. season games. You have 162 games. Yeah. So like, how many more games do you need to play without injuring the best players in order to find out who, who needs to be 
in the, in the order in the playoffs. Like, you know, I think that's what they should do. You know, focus on that. The yeah. only thing is, I, I just just make sure you have enough uh, enough playoff teams. So you know, it's a, it's a little less than half. You know, you can't have everybody go to the playoffs, but yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. some way to to do that. Maybe just an, a second wild card and just have two extra teams would be kind of cool with that. Um, or I should say a third wild card and have some type of series mm-hmm. in that way. Have the like how the NFL's new playoff system. Um, the, only the first, the very best team is going to get a buy. Maybe the very best wild card to get a buy, and they compete right. some way like right. that. Yeah, yeah. Like make make the playoffs exciting. You know, yeah. and like you and, said, not have every team do it, but like you can expand one or two teams like on each side, and then make the series of those longer because you want to also talk from a financial standpoint. You're gonna make more money. Easily. Like off those off those games, like those playoff games, those tickets are going to be more expensive. You're going to have more viewers on TV. This is this is big time, you know. And like that's what the people want to see. Like, give the people what they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know all the details on this, but I did follow hockey very briefly during their COVID season. And shout out to hockey. They did a great freaking job. I'm pretty yeah. sure they didn't have any COVID cases either. Don't don't we're gonna have to check that. Mm-hmm. But um, they did a great job though. Um, they just had you know the best teams, whatever amount it was, and just all of them go at it for seven game series. I mean, you want to talk about yeah intense like hockey's you know yeah yeah for real and like. It is. It really is great. But um, that that like what a great job that that was. And hockey does not get the attention that it deserves, unfortunately. Um, I'll be honest. Like I wish I watched it more too. Yeah, yeah. it is. It's harder for them, you know, just because of the. I think the attractiveness of the sport in the country. Yeah. You know, it's just not, not diverse. You know, unless. Uh, yeah, unless you're like six ten and are willing to lose teeth, like. It's hard to get that that crowd, that consistent mm-hmm. crowd, you know. But like the intensity, all that kind of stuff, like they should make make you want to be that number one seed. So give the incentive, like the NFL does, maybe get that that buy. But right. on top of that, too, like more teams is more fun, you know. Mm-hmm. Like bigger playoffs. I mean. Baseball's got to do something. Baseball's got to do something. But hockey, you have to do a good job. Just the last thing on baseball before we move to other things, or two things. One, um, mm-hmm. analytics. I think analytics is uh, also another thing that makes the game so unattractive with all these new stats, so much stuff with that. Again, my point, I've said it a few times, analytics is fine in the regular season. Fine. I, I want to emphasize the fine. But – not in the playoffs that we've seen plenty of examples where it made people look stupid as hell. And, um, this world series. Yep. Blake still taken out just because he, he was probability of him not pitching well, but they don't talk about, Oh, when you're in game six of the world series, it's much different. Yeah. So yeah. analytics yeah. is fine for the, again, as fine as it can be, but 
they try to make, I mean, it's, it's like, why don't you try to make my math textbook cool if you're going to throw that down my throat to, to attract the game with your wars and your based on balls plus pitching and, and whip. And I, no, I let's get it. Let's talk about average home so. runs. You're right. Like I said, average home runs, RBIs, ERA wins, losses, strikeouts. That's all that should be. Really on, on base on. percentage. On base percentage is very, very important. important. Hashtag yeah. money ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, data analytics. The first thing I want to say about this is um, when the day after the World Series, when um, Stephen A. Smith um, went on air and said, data analytics. I've been telling y'all about the data analytics, and I just want to say that I would like to bet $500 that that was the first time that Stephen A. Smith ever said the words data and analytics together, ever, okay? He's not talking about anything, okay? First off. Second off, being a... um, lover of mathematics data analytics is based off of a large sample size Mm -hmm. so what you said about the regular season yeah that is when you want to use it when you have blake snell pitching in five days coming up again and he's tired because he's already pitched 10 shutout games in a row all right but you're right. When they took him out, you, you saw Mookie's eyes light up. He was like, <laughs> let's go. Let's get this guy who's not good enough to be a starter, throw a recent MVP, mm-hmm. throw him the sugar. And he, he hit and he hit a double. And just like that, that's all it took. And again, like the Rays just shot themselves in the foot. I, I mean, you want to talk about a stupid call. And, you know, I, I get it. Like, data analytics got you there. But if, if you're going to use data analytics, you got to use the right sample size. Meaning, how is Blake Snell's performance in the playoffs? What is his performance against facing the uh, the lineup for the third time what's his performance against these players you know what i'm saying like yep. there there were so many um that's why it's so good for the large sample size but when you have so many distinct parameters and not only that but in sports momentum's everything it is oh yeah duh everything i mean this this guy gave up one hit one hit he struck out the three big guys. Bellinger struck out. Um, didn't he, he at that point? He struck him out twice. Mookie was struck two strikeouts. Cody Bellinger, Corey Seager, strikeout, strikeout, I mean, strikeout. What strikeout. are you doing? And what a are computer you doing? And you've got a Dodgers team that okay, you know they faced a couple teams that cheated, but but <laughs> they didn't get the job done before, and that should show you that they might not again this time. So put the pressure on. Like, I'm not taking Blake Snell out until someone hits a home run off in that situation. Exactly. And that point, honestly, yeah. yeah, and honestly, I would probably just even do a mound visit. 
I'm not going to take that's that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Like the guy's throwing maybe his best career game in the, the game hottest game. Like, yeah, like that's you know, like that you're adrenaline pumping. Like he's he has one job and it's to throw the ball past the batter within a box that is imaginary. Okay, and he was hitting it all night. And you basically said, nah, I'm going to need you for game seven. Well, Rays, you need to win game six to get to game seven. And, you know, I think the data analytics is great, but either for a large sample size or if you're going to use it for smaller sample sizes, you got to, like, narrow it down. Like, the reasoning behind it was that when um, Blake Snell faced the third round of the lineup, he struggled. That was the, that was the reasoning behind, that was the outcome of the data analytics. That's what they said. So the third time he faces Mookie Betts, he's going to give up a home run. Well, after striking him out twice and then the double given up by the reliever, hate to say it, but I, I think that manager knows that they made the wrong decision there. Kevin Cash will take year. It will take – he can't un- – that will be probably the big – it is the biggest mistake of his professional career. I would, I would resign. Whole life. It's going to take it until a World Series to, to win, to, to redeem himself. And as we've seen, it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, what – like, I, I, you know, everyone always says, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, right? Mm-hmm. But – you know, and people will just light you up for making the wrong choice. But with that being said, I mean, that's that's just why you know, like, why would you take out? That's like taking out Pat Mahomes in like the third quarter, because or, or in the first quarter because he's thrown three touchdowns to Tyreek Hill. Oh, in the second quarter, he doesn't do well, so we'll bench him. Oh no, dude! <laughs> what what is that? Yeah, like, come on. I can't live with what ifs, and he has the biggest what if until he wins the World Series again, and that I'm, I bet you it still haunts him. I, I think he's got to win more than one to make up for uh, right? that because that's a lost one. So like winning one is showing that you can do it. Winning two is that was to make up for the last one. Ultimate you know? redeem, man. Ultimate redeem, yo. Just uh, one last thing with baseball, and then we'll switch to other things. Can you tell me your favorite baseball? Can you tell me the, your favorite game you ever seen and attended? Or, like, favorite moment? Uh, okay. I, I, I can start um, with mine. I, I, uh, um, mm-hmm. Or you want to start with yours, too? Um, no, no, go ahead. Cool, cool. I, so I have two moments. Um both equal so uh, I think one thing that baseball does great it's a very storytelling game football does this really well too but with the game being you know so many dramatic moments and you have time to soak it's easier to soak it in football does the same thing but um you know baseball is so easy it's a little it's easier to see in the sense like it's pretty obvious when somebody gets on base it's a home run with football you know it's it, especially like real junkie seeing how certain play play calling and stuff like that amounts to each other. It's um, they're very similar in that sense, but I think baseball has, especially um, is able, you're able to get stories out of it. So just two stories is um, one back in 2013, I saw Mario Rivera's last game and he, and uh, well, no, no, I saw not his last game in his last season. That would have been cool. The last game I saw in person, mm-hmm. 
in person his last season. Last time I saw him pitched in person was my it was the year going into my freshman year at UHart. So it was Yankees Tigers, and he came in to play, go against Miguel Cabrera, and it was just. Just two yeah. Titans, you know. I mean, obviously Mo wasn't at his peak, but um, that, that no. Tigers, that Tigers team was really good. Oh yeah, the Prince Fielder, Miguel Cabrera, Justin Verlander. That game I saw Justin Verlander oh, versus yeah. Andy Pettit. That was sweet. And um, so is Maravera versus versus Miguel Cabrera, and he was just a year off his uh, triple crown season. You just see two triple Titans crown. go out at each other, and he took him deep. He hit a home run off him off the cutter. He took him deep. <laughs> it was just but what yeah. happened was they Yankees wound up winning and um he God. he he blew the save but he didn't he was still eligible to get the win and they did they yeah. Brett Gardner hit a walk on right after so it was just cool seeing that my pops and brothers just Mario I can say I saw Mariano Rivera versus Miguel Cabrera in person which was pretty sweet and then that is awesome. my other one this is probably my absolute favorite is um so I have a unique situation being a Yankee fan. I grew up as a kid with the old Yankee Stadium, so I know vividly yep. both. So I was 13 yep. when the old one closed. So my entire childhood going to the old place, and now we have this. So I've been um, to the new one. It is beautiful. It, it is really beautiful. This one. I just wish the, there was more to do. There's only you could really do is watch baseball, go to Monument Park, but um. Nice tradition. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. You get off the train and you're in the entrance of getting in, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, Yankee, yeah. old Yankee Stadium, you know, still hollow grounds. You did feel like, even as a kid, you felt something like, yo, this is where Babe Ruth played and stuff. So, I saw... Yeah, there's a history. 2008 Yankees Reds, bro. So, I saw Ken Griffey Jr. play. So I saw the kid. You, you saw, oh my God, dude. Wow. So that's sweet. awesome. That's, you want to know something. Awesome. So Ted Griffey Jr., just an icon in baseball, especially with generations. Like my dad has a lot of respect for Ken Griffey Jr. My grandpa liked yeah. Ken Griffey Jr. He's a, he's a trans, he's a literal generational player. There's a clip of Michael Jordan asking Ken Griffey Jr. for his autograph. And this is pre that's prime MJ. About. Like, Hella respect yeah. for Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. So, I mean, seeing him play, that's already badass enough. And um, so, Yankees, it was Yankees Reds, and um, the Yankees were up like 6-4. And Ken Griffey's up. And Ken Griffey hits a home run, and the entire stadium gave him a standing ovation. Like, and he's the opposing team. <laughs> he got, he hit it's, a home run. It's one of those things, man. It's one of those things. Like, you know, that's like the next time that Mookie homers in Fenway. Like, I'm not going to boo. Are yeah. you kidding me? I would do anything to get that guy back. You oh, know? Me too. So, I want that. Yeah. It's just some players earn that respect. Not a lot of athletes earn yeah. that type of respect like that. And, no. And no. he did. You, and you uh, a level. Yeah, 100%. That's a, that's a cool moment. That's a cool moment. Yeah. Last home run I ever saw at the old Yankee Stadium was Ken Griffey Jr., Yankees wound up winning. Mario Rivera got the save for that one. But, like, like you know, there's an image. My dad takes a picture of Ken Griffey Jr. just, you know, going around the bases. Everyone, he gets a standing ovation, and he's running past Derek Jeter, and there's a cool snapshot of them. So, it's just crazy. That is cool. Man. Like, that it's just cool. crazy seeing our, like, heroes we grew up with. Now they're old and uh, new generations. But now it's your turn, guys. Tell me your favorite baseball memories that you have uh, seen in person. The great so, I have three. 
Please do. Three. Tell me. All at Fenway. I hear that. So I can't, I can't deny that's an awesome hollow place to be. And I, I've never been to a game there, but I have been around it and I've visited the park, but I've never actually been to a game, which I really want to do. And dude, I will wear my Yankee stuff. I respect that. Just like, you know, this is what we should do. When COVID's over, we got Giants and Broncos plans. Now we have Red Sox and Yankees plans. Oh, you we'll don't figure it I'm out. Ready, bro. I'm ready. We'll swap. All right. So, um, in 2018, I went to uh, – was that 2018? Could that have been the same? All right, so I can't remember if all three of these were in 2018, but <laughs> I know that two of them were and I because I just feel like I went to two that year and maybe one was – okay, this one was in 2017. So the first one – was I went to a game with my parents. Um, they haven't been to Fenway in like so long. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I want to go. Yes, that's exactly what I'd want to do. Like, yes. You know, who's going to say no to that? Like, I don't care about going to a game with my parents. Hell yeah. So they face off against the St. Louis Cardinals. So the Cardinals hate Red so- the Red Sox. Yeah. And the Red Sox love the Cardinals. Because they played a lot of World Series again. Yeah. We win. <laughs> and uh, they played like four or five World Series against each other throughout the years. I'll have to um I'll have to do my research. Yeah, I, I only know. know what I've seen. Yeah, um, I know in sixty seven they played in a deep game seven and oh four, nice. twenty thirteen. Yeah. So at least three of them. Off the top of my head. But yeah. So um basically long story short. Um, this was an amazing game to see. I think the Red Sox won like 10 or 12 to like three or something like that. Like, <laughs> there was so much offense. And we sat on like um, – so the way Fenway is, is since it's so old, there are some seats that when it goes into a new section, there's no like walking way down, <laughs> especially in the uh, like home plates here. And you're like – on this part, like the interior part, mm-hmm. you know, um, under the, um, under each layer. So that's where we sat, you know, like decent price seats, whatever. And there were a ton of Cardinals fans, like all on that other side. And I had this corner that allowed me to stand on this, like, I don't, I don't even know what to call it, but part of the wall. So I could stand on it and cheer. I could stand on it and climb over the railing to, to walk back to go get a beer. I mean, I was not strapped by any means. And these idiots were over here rooting for the Cardinals. <laughs> they, 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 they start coming back in the third inning, and I saw a triple fucking play. A triple play. And I saw a triple play. It was a ground ball to, to Devers at third, steps on third, throws it over to uh, my guy Bogarts, mm-hmm. throws it over to uh, – it might have been – I don't think it was Chavis. Uh, was I'll, it have to look, I'll have to watch the video again. Okay. Mitch Moreland, maybe even um, Napoli, maybe? It was like in Napoli. 2017. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about throwbacks, but I'll, I'll have to look back at it. Um, How about that? But, yeah, so I saw that triple play, and I went freaking – ballistic i mean (laughs) like like the people who were there who knew what just happened like i'm sitting there like crying 
because I'm like, let's go. Like so many emotions. I was so hyped. I was being such a dick to the Cardinals fans. I was like, you shouldn't have fucking came. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I'm also like in my feels because I'm like, dude, like I might not ever see this in especially a person ever again. Like this is, that was so amazing. Like before ESPN posts it, before they start putting it on the live screen, I was watching with my two eyes, no phones. And I'm just like, like what an amazing moment. So that was one. That's great to hear. Especially Um, the no phone. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Like I don't need that shit. Um, and then, uh, this was in 2018 where I caught this guy. Oh, shoot. Uh, yep. I have it right on my desk. Um, Chris Sale threw that pitch. And um, <laughs> the third baseman for uh, the A's. Why am I blanking on his name? Chapman. Um, not Chapman. Chapman hit yeah. a foul ball. And Jacob Murray was to my left. That's hilarious. uh, (laughs) Yeah, to my left. And it came down such that, like, it was was over both of our heads, and we were, again, on, like, an aisle seat. And there were a bunch of, like, drunk college kids behind us. And, like, two two of them definitely were, like, not paying attention. (laughs) And I, I remember the ball bouncing, like, on the floor area of their seats. That's hilarious. (laughs) <laughs> I turned around and the ball just bounced off the seat. And I was like, see it, grab it. And I, I just sat my ass down. I didn't even celebrate. I was just like, <laughs> were people like, yeah, you got the ball. <laughs> people were like, who caught it? And I was like, because I, I got this now in the fourth inning of the game. So I'm like, I need to hold on to this thing with my life for the next five innings. I even considered leaving. I was like, this is it. <laughs> like, this is, this is forever, you know? And, and I remember at that moment, Jacob literally looked at me like, just in absolute awe. Like, no how, how? Like, so jealous, you know? So every time he comes over, I always toss it to him. And he plays with it. Cause like, you know, that's like our, we, that something happened that day, you know? That's um, sweet, man. Yeah, man. I've got it. I've never gotten a foul ball. The closest thing I've, I, my brother got a practice, got a batting practice home run at the old Yankee Stadium from some White Sox player. I couldn't tell you who it was. And then my dad at Shea Stadium, my dad's a Met fan. I went, and we were able to get, get um, yeah, doesn't it? We got um, <laughs> the last ever Shea Stadium game I went to with him was uh, mm-hmm. he got, see, we were able to get seats right in the front. And um, they were playing the Nats, and just a Nat threw it, swoop, and he caught it. So not as cool That's as yours. Cool. So what was the uh, – But it, yeah, it's definitely cool, but you, yours is definitely cooler. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, tell me no, that, that last – crazy. Tell me that last memory. What's the last one? So the last one was on my 21st birthday, me and a bunch of uh, the guys went to game four of the – Red Sox and Yankees series oh. in 2018 at Fenway, exactly. oh, and uh, at Fenway? that ended in a yep, and that ended in a walk off on my 21st birthday. Yeah, man. And uh, that was a tough I day. I couldn't believe it. That was, was a great a day. 
<laughs> Great fuck day. That, fuck that. Um, the ALD. And, <laughs> and they swept them. And they swept them. So that made – there was even a cherry on top. That wasn't even just winning the series. That was sweeping them. I thought it was there. four games, three games to one. And um, it was, that was the sweep. Because I remember was, me and Jacob were chanting, uh, get the broomsticks to children. We were horrible people. Horrible <laughs> Remember people. the um, there was a there was a Yankees couple right in front of us. Oh my god, dude! I must have made their life miserable. And was I this mean, guy like an alpha male? He's like, yo, fuck you, but fuck you. He's like, no, don't stop nah, making fun nah, of they, us. They they they, ah. they were definitely really cool. Like they were laughing. You know, oh, okay. they were laughing. But what made it difficult was because, like, if I wasn't drunk, like, I would have definitely struggled because the Yankees were winning a majority of the game. And um, even the, the Red Sox didn't off? look like they were going to win. Who hit that walk off? Do you remember? I'm going to have to check, dude. That was too many beers ago. Yeah, too many. Too many I remember the the yeah. lasting image of when we we lost that ALDS was Gary Sanchez almost took Craig Kimball deep, which would have given them the lead, and he just didn't. So I remember that. That was a tough one. Craig Kimball, really tough. That I remember it was great. I think there was one of those games where you guys won like eighteen to two or something at, at Yankee Stadium. That was. You're that right. Was, there was one of those games. Wow, was, look at that light. That was a terrible. That was a terrible time. But hey, I, I, I would props to you. I would be hyped with that too. But I'm the same way, man. I love getting active in games, especially now. And uh, oh man, that's just I just love growing out at the games. And you know what's great about NFL games, especially, is you see NFL game. They more they actually watch the game. Like, you know, you've been to an NFL game. I have never been really to an NFL game. Yeah, that's got to change, man. Um, We're doing that Yankees, that Broncos with your boy Jacob Murray that's why too. I am, I am serious when I say that. Like I'm Bro, going. You name the price. I'm going. I'm paying for it. My limit is five hundred dollars for now. Hey, man, you want to pay for it? Sure thing. <laughs> we can go to two games. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, listen. Uh, we'll see where I, where my finance situation's at by then. But at least we're definitely going with one. We're, I can't promise treating you, but I'll definitely get my own. We'll all get our own tickets for sure. Nah, nah, nah. We'll we'll have a good time. We'll have a good time. Don't you worry. For sure. So, do you know? Did you get to see who that hit that walk off? Put a curse. So, um, Jackie, I, I found team. it, but I I gotta read it. Um. I feel like it was so Jackie Bradley. Jackie Bradley scored the tying run. Or Steve Pierce um, was the one. I think it was uh, Ben Attendee. I don't know. After recovering briefly, Ben striking out, he walked. Stephen they Pierce all stink. to look. Oh, um, JD Martinez. <laughs> That's who it was. Man, I won't lie. I'm jealous. Wait a second. No. No, this is a long article about the whole. Hold on. Hold on. Now, that was. JD Martinez hit the um, hit a two run two runners home four three Yankees. Uh, Xander Bogarts reached safely on a throwing error. Let's see and second home for the winner. So um, basically, Ben Attendee hit it and Sandy. Sandy hey, Leon, my guy, scored. Sandy Leon. Better tell he's a good player. Uh, he's uh, um, I don't, I know you it know was a tough season is? for you guys, but he's he's a Robin. He's not a Batman, Fair but enough. he is a great 
Robin, you know? We Um, we need our Robins. Yeah, dude. I mean, like, if you look at that lineup in 2018, um, this is why I just didn't agree with the coaching or anything. Like, he went from batting second to being leadoff. And, and like, just because where you're used to batting in order doesn't mean you should be there. Like, like batting second is a lot different than batting first. You know, Mookie would lead off the game with either a home run, a base hit, or a double. And Benny's move would be to just move him over or score him. That was the goal. So you can't like change that up. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's Ben Attendee's role. He's not like, he's not the center fielder. He's not a leadoff guy, but he is, he is an all-star in left and he is an all-star second hitter. Nothing but man, nothing but yo Clippers have signed. Have, no wait, They waved Joakim Noah. So that's irrelevant. Terrible, Nick. Um, no. Remember when he was good? No, I don't. At this point, no. Who remembers when he was good? <laughs> yeah. Bulls teams, man. Anyways. Yeah. Thanks. So, Kaz, let's talk. Let's uh, switch things up. One thing we were talking about before, ESPN, man, aka the LeBron Network. They might as well call themselves yeah. the LeBron Network. How much they dick ride him. And but, the subtitle Zion. The LeBron Zion Network. I think yeah. their their lead story. If LeBron tweet, it's isn't it funny when you watch Sports Center, and, and there's always some section of a LeBron's reaction to an event. Who cares? He always has to get connected to LeBron. I remember DK. Always. They were talking about DK Metcalf, and they were thinking of trying to compare him their sizes together. And um, but yo, but but you know, circling back. How do you feel about ESPN right now? How do you feel about I them? hate ESPN. ESPN. I hate ESPN. Did you and, used to love him as a kid? Oh, yeah. I actually met um, Boomer. Oh, um, yeah? On, yeah, I met him at um, one of my old jobs. I was like a waiter there, some shitty-ass job. And it was like they were hosting um, ESPN for a dinner that night, a banquet. Yeah. By the way, Boomer's Chris our, Berman, just in case for those who don't know, Chris Berman, the longtime voice of ESPN, he was there since the very beginning and obviously of Sunday NFL countdown and all that. But, yes, you were saying oh, yeah. Chris Berman. You see Chris Berman at your uh, job. Yeah, so my aunt was actually there. I have no idea how she was there, but she's awesome. Shout out Aunt Cheryl. She's mm-hmm. out there in Florida, you know, living her retired life. All right. Um. Yeah, she she was at the dinner and I told her, I was like, my job said, like, we can't meet them. But like, I love him. (laughs) I want to meet him. And she goes, oh, your job said that? She goes, come here. Literally grabs my hand. I'm in the middle of doing shit. Like, I already served my food. Like, I was really good at the job, you know, whatever. But like, I did that part of the job. I was just getting ahead. You know, I was good at it. Took it serious, you know. Um grabs me by the hand, walks me over to him. And she's like, Hey, Chris, um, this is my nephew, Steven. And he's a huge fan of yours. She was wondering if you could like take a picture and like have a, have a quick conversation. And he was like, yeah, sure, buddy. Tell me what's going on. Nice to meet you. And I was like, honestly, I watch you like every single Sunday and every day. 
Like your your segment is like the best segment. Like you know what you're talking about. You know, like I'm fangirling over this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back to ESPN, like that was the real ESPN when they actually talked about the sport and the player and what the fuck was actually happening on the field, off the field. I mean, today, the fact that Max Kellerman has his own TV show <laughs> is an absolute disgrace to humanity. I remember when I was still in my job's workplace and I was preparing for a meeting mm-hmm. and I remember being really stressed out and I was like, I was making sure everything was good. And I get like a, a notification on my phone from ESPN. And what it is, is um, saying Max Kellerman writes a detailed report on how a Philip Rivers on the Chargers trade to the New England Patriots for Tom Brady would make sense for both teams. And that man gets paid millions of dollars to literally Mm -hmm. throw up on a Word document and spit it out and somebody makes it look nicer. And he actually believes the stu- like what I think ESPN has done is they take the people who say the most outrageous things in the most outrageous reaction, and those people get the prime time. Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman are perfect examples of that. I mean, these guys have nothing else to talk about other than the drama and the bullshit. I remember a game, me and Jackson, the Chiefs fan, fuck the Chiefs. Um, we still like laugh about a time like when we were younger, there was a Thursday night football game between the Chiefs and the Broncos. And you can find the video on YouTube. And Stephen A. Smith literally said like three or four players on the Chiefs who he was excited to see who either – weren't on the team anymore, were retired, were injured for the season. Yeah. I mean, this was like mid-season. And he was talking (laughs) – I I forget the exact players, but he said one player, and it might have been Max Kellerman who actually came in with the the research and said he hasn't played all season. (laughs) After Stephen A. goes, I'm – yeah, yeah. Um, What's his word? What's his word? Um, that's blasphemous. Blasphemous. That's it. Yeah. I, I, rem- I remember, um, him saying a player that who was having a great season and Max Kellerman goes, he's been hurt all year. <laughs> and like Stephen A's face. Oh, and I'm just like, how? Like it, it's, it's really frustrating for sports fans because the shit that they're talking about makes like gives me anxiety because mm-hmm. it's not fucking true it's just their radical opinion that they get to yell louder than other educated people yeah (laughs) you know like i don't think that they're sports analysts i think that they are reporters of whatever their lines say and entertaining and just say uh, just saying like you know crazy reactions to strong topics yeah you know what i mean like like really 
Like they hammer, like Stephen Smith on the World Series screaming about data analytics. Like, have you ever actually opened up like a file like that and and analyzed it? You know, you know what I mean. Like, did has he done the work? And like, I get it. They, you know, their careers have taken off and they got to where they did. They they must have done a few things right. But all I know is where they're at now, getting paid that much money to be wrong and to like talk about nonsense. I mean, it's really, it's really upsetting. You know, it's really upsetting. And, and there's so, there's so much tunnel vision with ESPN. Like you said, with LeBron, I mean, how many times do you think ESPN has talked about Jean Morant in comparison to oh, Zion? The guy was the second overall pick. John Morant, right. is, he, the way he's played, he's going to be a legit, point guard in this league top 10 player i mean he led he helped lead the grizzlies to make it to the bubble and wasn't too bad with it there was some hopes with that and john Morant's more than two players in the league and that like, guy wasn't from so a, many he wasn't from a big d1 program either and look how far he's come i mean espn had the lebron i mean the zion camp a whole the cameraman's position is just do what zion's doing like you're just easy parodying of yourself. Listen, I I hear yeah. you out with these ESPN takes that it's more tabloid because they're trying – I mean, all the sports outlets do this now. It's about who has the most outrageous takes to get, you know, numbers and viewers. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's yeah. whether you're right or wrong, the numbers don't lie regarding your ratings. I won't lie. I love Stephen A. I think he's great. He's sweet. Um and I have a lot of respect for the man. And even though he does have some quite outrageous takes, he his charisma is um, something to look forward to. And uh, he, when he wants to, he does know what he's talking about. But you're right; I don't think he mentioned anything about analytics or baseball for that, for that matter. You know, um, yeah. I th- I think uh, I do agree. Max Kellerman is just he's just set up to be a punchy bat for Stephen. Hey, and yeah, um, yeah, no, he, he really is. He's, he's the guy who, you know, does what he's told and does well at it. Kind of, even right. if he's wrong and Stephen, a will let him know when he's wrong. And he just has to accept that, you know, let Stephen a scream at you for a little bit about how wrong you are. And, uh, then you could say something else stupid. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you yeah. know, with, uh, you're right. That's all these, especially Fox one, you know, who, you know, who is terrible. I don't know how anybody, if anybody respects this man's sports opinion, you're just delusional. And I really think that this is an act Colin coward from spot Fox sports. Oh my God. The guy said that first of all, so I mean the his Steelers take Steelers are 10 and no, he said they're only winning seven games. They haven't lost yet. As an example, <laughs> he talked about um, yeah. Jacksonville going to have a visit. Uh, they're going to have a coaching uh, um, position open probably at the end of the season. And he really suggested that Bill Belichick's going to go to Jacksonville to take over. Like this, he's just, and it's weird because his ESPN sto- show was really good. I think. I think he took actually cared about the actual facts. But going to Fox News, you know, they threw all that money for people to jump ship to go to Fox. You know, they took Skip. Skip. It was used to be Stephen A. and Skip, and Skip went over there to do a show with Shannon. And they're the same thing. Yeah. They're just trying to get outrageous yeah. takes for. Um, they just scream at each other and they're two polar opposites. And that's what's so upsetting because it's now, it's so 
heavy now on entertainment. It used to be like, you know, the actual analysis, the top plays, and then you, you don't have entertainment. Exactly. I don't want these, the entertainment, like, especially when the entertainment is like false and just outrageous opinions. You know what I mean? With no, I, I mean, like Max Kellerman writing that narrative on the, uh, Philip Rivers and Tom Brady trade. I mean, dude, like, you really think that Bill picked up the phone and. <laughs> had that conversation hey man like you, you know what i mean like it's not logical bro it's not and that's uh, what i'm saying like it's not common sense that's that's literally a fictional story that he wrote and got paid for <laughs> like but and that's what makes me mad like okay i get it like it's your job you're not gonna be right all the time but that's not being right or wrong that's being blasphemous that is being yeah. crazy. Like that, like that's just not practical. And I would really like to hear more about where those two individuals were considering for free agency for all their reasons, rather than just some absurd trade that you wrote in your laptop. <laughs> yeah. You just you just were trying to th- they're really gonna just think of days of like so I don't know, have you ever heard of the sports radio host my friend Sessa? Ever heard of him? Yes, yes, yes. I'm, I'm sure you're very familiar. You you know him very familiar. That's right. Um, Max, he was the WFAN guy. He had the afternoon show for many years. And yeah. like one of the jokes is people used to call prank folk call him just to get a reaction because he's just this old grumpy Italian guy from Long Island. Like people would say, yeah. um, <laughs> like um. Like people would just troll him. Like somebody would say, "Do you think the New York Giants and the San Francisco Giants like to meet up and have dinner together?" Since they share the same name, I hang up and listen. Like that's the takes they'll go. I mean, there's stuff like uh, that's crazy. <laughs> there's someone asked him once, you know, triple crown and horse racing. Mm-hmm. So this yeah. guy, we were, they, he's talking about this. The few baseball players to triple crown. That means you lead the league in home runs average. Yeah. And, yeah. RBIs, and he was a big Mickey Mantle fan. Which, by the way, if Mickey Mantle's around, he that he he was fascinating, man. Like he was Mookie, he was Mookie Wilson plus more. He was a fast guy, the fastest guy in the world, and he, uh, you know, amazing power and stuff. But anyways, um, yeah. he said, "How can Mickey Mantle be a Triple Crown person? He's not a horse." It's like someone would ask him that, and he gets angry. Um. <laughs> The, some of the jokes, like Jason Giambi, big Yankee. He was in the Yankee first baseman for many years yep. and uh, caught with the roids and stuff. And people call him all the time. It's like, do you think Jason Giambi should get the Yankee available Yankee manager job? I'll hang up and listen. And they would do it all the time. And then he he just feeds in and gets pissed off at them. It's like, don't call me. Um, you could hear he wanted to swear. It's like, you're, you're all morons. your job, man. Imagine yeah. that being your job and getting calls like that. I'd go along with it, you know? Like, screw it. Every once in a while, he does go around. He went around. Like someone said, do you think when Gina retired, he will be the new shortstop for the Mets? And one time he's like, you know what? I do think it's possible. I think Derek Jeter will come out of retirement. He'll be the shortstop for the Mets. Every once in a while. But most of the time, they just uh, took advantage of his crankiness. But he is a legend in the outright. And um, mm-hmm. it was just towards the end, they just would troll like that. But 
bringing all that up, that's the type of stuff people, these guys are going to say, like, just to get ratings, just, just like right, the news out, right. like the regular these news outlets are questions. Doing. Are there real questions? Are there real, like, topics of discussion? You know? They're I starting mean, to know. It's, it's really sad because there is so much to cover. Like, when there's nothing to cover from an ESPN perspective, like, there's so many sports and there's so many players within those sports like they could really get like you know some 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 stuff on them you know make it personal and you you have some legit like journalists who will go into whether you're like a katie nolan rachel nichols you know who who is this guy i love on espn i absolutely love him is svp scott van pell i think he's awesome he's the only personality that i think is He's he, he you know he reports the news. He actually reports. He has legit takes. Has dope opinions. Yes. But he doesn't try to stoop down for. He doesn't dumb down himself to get more ratings. Like he earns the respect, and he's great on it. And if only more people took yeah. his job seriously like him. Yeah, and you know, on top of that too, he creates those personal relationships that we were like talking about before too. Yeah. You know, like he'll call people at freaking midnight to get a take, you know? Right. Like he, he's just doing his he's job, right, but he loves it. Like that man deserves that show. And like, I'll watch it like when it's on, like he is awesome the man. He too. is. Yes. Yes. He is. Um, He's just a credible analyst. And I think that's what like the biggest thing for me is, you know, like if you're going to be t- making these takes and doing this analysis, just be right. And if you don't know, or if you're wrong, admit it. Don't come up with this bullshit. You know what I mean? Cause that's just mm-hmm. kind of, you're wasting a lot of people's times, you know? Definitely, man. You know, ESPN definitely will go away. Hopefully, you know, I guess that at the end of the day, they have to do what they have to do to get the uh, viewers attention. But hopefully there's no somewhat they'll be I'm sure they can trust that they will be a way to you can report actually report sports news and you don't have to be dumbed down and be an idiot while reporting that. And you don't have to give obvious bias to towards certain players. You have to show off more people than LeBron and Zion. LaMelo Ball mm-hmm. probably next. He's going to get a lot of love. Oh my god. Show everybody in these other sports cuz they're worth exploring, you know? Yeah, I mean they're they're pros too. <laughs> you know, like these are real people and there's more than just that select few, you know, for them yeah. to cover and there's there's more that they could be covering too. Not just all these fake free agency theories, you know. Um, Stupid analysts. Personally, on ESPN, yeah, like I, I love the um, when they, when they show the catch percentage of touchdown catches in the end zone. That like, it's like a three point seven percent chance at making the catch, and like the receiver catches it. Like I love those takes. I mean, those takes are cool. It is interesting. I will say that, but also the same (laughs) time. So like, you know. Like no no I I hear what you're saying and that is cool, but you know um, like that type of stats cool when it comes to those analytics, but not the uh, you know if we're talking like football how many snaps and how if he goes to the right 
at a certain speed, how many, when they uh, dumb down like yeah, that, like that's yeah, what I'm saying. Right. Something simple yeah. like that, obvious. He has a 3.2 chance of catching it. Good, I get it. And you see like the DK Metcalf and you got those 3.2. But when you just go like, yeah, so yeah. specific and you give me a headache with it, that's when, um, you know. When DK Metcalf wears, um, wears Nike socks that have a blue stripe on them, he catches at least seven passes a game. Yeah, like you that's know, what like, I'm saying. Like that's too much. Like, like what? Where the hell did you get that? Like, who cares? Jeez, yeah, man. Jeez, yo. Yeah. One thing I want to ask you, just with one more sp- um, sports media thing before we switch it up, is um, mm-hmm. how do you feel, Kaz, about barstool sports? Do you think they are a legitimate sports outlet? Huh. That's an interesting. Um, Question. If you if well, you ask me a few, oh, I'll, I'll go. You you say. Yeah. Like, so I, I think. Yeah, I think. Um, what I'd say about that is. What's interesting about Barstool is that, the, reporters and analysts there, are all biased, towards yep. some team in one shape or another, and that's obviously good and bad, but. I think it's better because they own that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like you've got um, uh, my guy uh, Jared Caravis, right? Of yeah. The uh, Boston Red Sox. My guy went KFC. from tweeting on his couch to being on a duck boat with with Mookie Betts. You know, mm-hmm. like that. Like, obviously, his love is for the Red Sox, and he reports on a lot of other players too. You know, and like they all do. I think that they're definitely credible people, but I think that, you know, just like the news or just like any really wherever you get your information from, just know where those analysts stand right. when getting your information. I think so. It's kind of up to the individual. So, yeah, I, th- I think that they're credible as long as you know going into right you know whatever they're saying like you have to understand like he might not say a lot of great things about yankees players because he hates the yankees and then not fine you the have yankees people like an eric hubs yeah no not at all right. like that's his opinion then you have like an eric hubs come at him too exactly exactly and i yep. think it is good and barstool really grew on me you know at first i just thought it was you know they I think I like their method of getting bigger, big from when Instagram really popped off to show their uh, America's Funniest yeah. videos to say, hey, this is some cool stuff. Like Dave Porton, I have a lot of respect for. I really, I really like how he grew his his empire. And even I know he has his criticisms, and Bar School has it, but they have they mastered the eighteen to twenty five demographic, growing all these great podcasts out of it. And um, part of my take is one of my favorite podcasts. I like the, I like Big Cat and um, KFC and PTI, all those guys. I think they do. And obviously, like Bay, Big Cat's a huge Bears fan, and I don't think that's a problem. And he's still, you know, fairly uh, has some great takes. And they have it, it's probably the best booked cat podcast in terms of a, both like sports people, and then you'd also have entertainers getting talking too. So, um, right. Because right. really they are important. entertaining, you know, yeah. they are entertaining, you know, and, I've seen some videos of them reacting to games, but like, what's great about that is again, like that, that personal thing, you get to see it from another per another person who loves sports as much as you like, like, of course they're going to have a favorite team. 
would you believe somebody as a sports analyst if they didn't have a favorite team or a favorite player? You know, like oh, I mean, you have does, to. You know, uh, the I mean, the, the I think it's better now to have that. Like Stephen A. is an obvious Knicks fan, and um, and he's brought about that. I think that's good for him and shows our side. Uh, uh, what's his name? Rich Eisen, great guy in the NFL Network. He's a big Jets fan, and uh, I think it's mm-hmm. good to have that aspect. And people have been debating should analysts admit their favorite teams. And I actually think they should. It, it allows more personability and you hit it on the nail with Barstool doing that. Right. Yeah. 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 Like I think it's just, you know, they don't have to mention it every time they give a take on something that they agree or disagree with or something that affects them, you know, like, um, but with that being said, you know, like, like yeah, the favorites, they don't have to make it like, they don't have to make it known every single time, but like, just getting your information from somebody like that, just really with any kind of news, know where it's coming from, know who's talking, you know? Amen to that. Amen. Yo, Kaz, why don't we switch some gears a little bit? Um, you and I met Theta Kai, bro. I actually remember the very first day I met you. I can honestly say that at a rush event. And I think it was either the open or right before, and you're just, you and the famous John Braun shouts to him. Great, great dude. Um, and we were like, uh, um, and we just, uh, I don't know. I just remember me and you and, uh, look at, look at us now. So, uh, bro, can you tell me what you, you miss about that life and maybe, uh, what you really gain out of it a year later and you now you killing it in the engineering world. And, uh, what do you, what do you think about like stuff like that? Um, I miss the, uh, the company, the brotherhood, mm-hmm. you know, I miss the uh, the convenience of living on campus and like like for example, Plunger was probably in my fives apartment my senior year more than I was. Hey, you know, I had like, Plunger the podcast. Plunger, that, yeah, 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 great guy. Um, but no, like that that lifestyle was awesome. But I am also very grateful that it's over. Because like yeah, those were great times and great years, but I think another year of college would probably kill me. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> we have to really get we have to humble me. ourselves with that. You don't want to be the oldest guy at the party. And yeah, I sure we right. we could we knew some people like that. <laughs> wing wing no. Uh, yeah 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 yeah. When, yeah we won't go there. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know another thing that I live by too is one day I'll be able to say that like those four years were not the best of my life definitely no i refuse that to be to settle for that you know and i feel it's all downhill from here that's what i'm saying like come on that that can't be it you know i think like when you're in college that lack of responsibility is awesome and like you don't even know it you know you're like i'm living on my own life's good like i just like go to class and like get wasted with the bros like that's Mm -hmm. like life right and then like you know, you, you go to work a 40 hour a week job and that's not the case, man. <laughs> that's not the case. And, uh, you know, you figure it out real quick. Um, so I guess I miss like, like I said, like those parts, but there's a lot about it that like, you know, I would have changed now looking back at it sure. and, you know, but then again, it also made me who I am today, just like everybody there. You know, I mean, that was a great experience. Um, learned a lot. Learned a lot. Yeah, I sure. think we can also be honest with that too. Like, 
um, good life is great. I can't deny it. I, I want to be where I am without my experience with that, especially Theta Chi and uh, all the confidence and being okay and comfortable with myself that I got from it. And, you know, mm-hmm. not every day was great. Not everyone was awesome. I think it's fair to say that when it comes to brotherhood, the brothers, there's some brothers you're closer with than others. And then there's some brothers you might not even like. And, um, you know, that's just part of life. And, and I think that's it fair in that sense, because the turn off the, the, you know, the payoff is you get some genuine friends out of it. Like we have here. I, I, you're the fucking man and a great friend of mine. So, and, um, Oh yeah, brother. So like, it's totally worth it than that. And then there's some people in Theta Chi that I can't stand and they probably can't stand me and that's okay. But, um, and that's just how, how it goes. And, and it was worth all those trials and tribulations and dealing with all people who either liked me or didn't like me that we, that helped me grow into a better person in general. Do you, you feel that way too? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I hate the people who, um, didn't join Greek life and say like, Oh, you paid for friends. And I think I hate it also just because like, I've always been friendly and I've always yeah. had, a group of guys around me. I didn't need to pay fraternity dues in order to get friends. I definitely got more than I probably would have, but like, I also really clicked with the friends that I made at at, in like in Theta Chi and after, you know, I think, um, I think especially if you like took the fraternity and like got everything out of it, that you could like you and me both ran for like e-board positions mm-hmm. more than once, you know, and held it down, did our thing. And like, I'll be honest too. Um, I actually didn't get um, a position that I really want. It might've been VP. I don't know. My like junior year or something. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get it. And really the vote came down to the fact that the fraternity thought like I was, I was a hard headed person. And in that moment I was so like, I was disappointed. I was pissed off at my brothers. You know, I was like, I thought I could have had your vote, this and that. Right. But like now, like if I didn't lose them, like, um, who's the rapper? I think it's the baby. And he, he says this mm-hmm. one lyric and he goes like, I didn't know what it took until I lost. And right. like, that's just so real. You know what I mean? Like I definitely thought it was my way or the highway because I got things done and I got results. Not everyone agreed with them and I was okay with that. And I think you have to be when you're a leader, but I also think that you should hear everyone out. And I don't think at that time I had the patience or the maturity to hear what everyone had to say because I was like, you disagree with me. So peace. <laughs> but now I see that, you know, that was, that was hard headed me. That was me not seeing all sides, you know, and I, and I learned from that, you know, like I really yeah. did. Like now I really take the time to listen to what somebody has to say, because you don't know what you're going to get out of it. Absolutely. Know? And I think that's so great for our lines of work too, is going through that stuff and dealing with such obvious things that don't go your way. And just yeah. like, yeah, when I was president, just dealing with the people I dealt with and I, and it really wasn't that bad at the end of the day. And he made it a bigger deal than it was. And only those people that I've ever clashed with only really made me stronger for the better. And, um, 
you know, there's no ill will with anyone or if at, at all. If there's people I like it, I can't say there's nobody I really dislike to this day. I can be friendly with anyone. You know, you don't forget what like certain people did to you and stuff, but you can at least say, Hey, how's it going? Maybe we won't, um, you know, be sliding each other's DMS and stuff, but at least you can say that. And it's, and I think also with some bad decisions people made and even myself, like, you learn how much of an idiot you were you not back then and then you can be you know at this day whether you want to apologize to them or not and you can say like yo i'm sorry for being such a dick i didn't do the right thing and even things we deal with now and that's so much easier is like how could someone be really pissed at the end of the day, like I'll bring up, I'll bring this up. We talked about with our fantasy football league, we had to have two people get removed and they're not, these two people are not happy with me right now because they didn't pay their fantasy fees. And like when, and after I'm sure there's plenty of shit talking and there's probably, maybe they made memes about me and whatever, but at the end of the day, why are you mad at me? I am mad at Matt. Because I didn't pay my fantasy, because I didn't pay my fantasy dues, and at, even after three weeks of him warning, and I still didn't do it, even despite all that, still fuck him. Obviously, that's not a level-headed, logical reason. So they can stay mad at me. I stand by that decision, and um, at the end of the day, I'm willing to hear them apologize. And uh, you know, if there's anything I have to apologize, maybe did I go a little too hard? Did I uh, um, not give a lot of grace? I mean, I I, don't, I personally don't think I I think I handled it fine. But if they, I'm willing to hear it out, and I can uh, think of it, even other approaches. And mainly, just taught yeah. me uh, other ways to prepare to not have that situation go, like getting them to some people just to pay right away. You just can't get it enter the draft and stuff like that. So it's all these little things that help us prepare with things. And I think the frustrations right. are being, in and even if it's, even if it's a bullshit thing like this technically is right. Yeah. But it got, it got the three of you guys really upset. And as it should on, you know, like disagreements are disagreements, but like, like personally for me, like I remember you, you had messaged me. I wasn't on my phone like right at the time when it was all happening. And then I got back to you and I was like, yo, whoa, whoa, what, what the hell is going on? Right. And you know, like, this is why I personally believe like if I was ever a commissioner of a league, like, or in charge of anything where money was involved, like we don't start anything until everybody pays because sure. money getting money from people that's not them paying for their own bills is <laughs> very difficult, especially from college kids. Yeah. Um, as you definitely know, I mean, come on, mm-hmm. uh, be a good fraternity. You learn a few tricks on how to get that done. Right. Um, but sometimes yeah. it's just impossible and you know, you, you've got hard headed folks and, um, look, man, this is, that's just like, it's a, it's a part of life. And I, and I know for, for me, sure. like I saw that and I was like, dude, like, I don't, I don't have time <laughs> for, yeah. for this right now. I'm like, this is just like, this, this should be a, my bad, here you go. Or I got you in like a week, you know? And then like you do your thing on your end of the games. It didn't work out that way. 
but that's life. So like exactly. you live so, and you learn from it. Right. And, you know, like, like it's not like you guys literally will never talk again ever because of it. Like, come on, it's not like that. Crazy. If it is that like, crazy, then that's just <laughs> absurd. And, uh, yeah, but right. I don't think but, that but, will happen again. Right. No. And you know, especially just like, you know, you and me having like industry experience and have been graduated for well yeah. over a year. I mean, well over a year now. I mean, you're probably what closer to three and I'm closer to two now. Yeah, that's right? exactly. Like, graduated more, 17. like we're going towards that now. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, dude, like we, we've seen both like the whole college experience, the moving back home, the working, you know, like when you, when you, when you get a little bit older and you see the way things are, man, you just like, don't like more prop, like these kind of problems are just like, come on, man. Like the reason why you did what you did is because you had to make a decision and you didn't have time. Like the amount of times that you did remind people, you know, like, right. cause like for me, you know, like I remember you had said like, you know, reach out to them personally. I'm like, I have a similar situation going on in my job right now where like, you know, I, I made a, I made one mistake cause it was technically someone else's job and I kind of did it for them. And, you know, he got really upset and, you know, got my boss involved and I kind of told my boss, I'm like, Hey, look, like, I'm going to be honest. Like I did his job because I knew how to do it. And I knew it wasn't difficult. I was trained by this company how to do it. And look, like he's upset because in 10 years that makes him expendable. Mm-hmm. And look, like I got the job done and now we're taking up work time to, he, he did it to write an email, including you, including me. We took the time, he took the time to write it, getting upset, which I'm sure was more than just writing an angry email. Mm-hmm. Then we took the time to read it, react to right? it, schedule a time to talk about it. Oh, and now God. here we are. So now I'm sitting here and I go, we've taken a lot of time on something that essential. My boss's name, I won't say it, but I, I was like, boss, we're, t- we're talking about something that upset somebody because it was his part of the job, but I did it. So we're talking about something, making it this big deal and like, it's done. And I know how my boss works and that's what he wants to hear. So I straight up said, like, I understand the company standard is that I need to set a meeting with him, talk about what exactly I need from him, what I don't want to see all this, that all that time would have taken so much more time out of my day when I just did it in less than five minutes, didn't complain about it, just kept going with my day. I understood the system I'm working on, whatever. And it's like, it's just one of those things where it's like, why, why are we making it bigger than it has to be? Like, like we all have the same end result. Right. And, and like, in my case, it was my job. And in this case, it's fans football. And like, right. you guys, you gotta get them. You gotta get the money. And it's like, dude, like, yeah. Just pay the money. And like, I'll leave you. I'll, I will never, I won't text you. Just give me the money. And it's like them getting upset about hashtag <laughs> love you guys. Mad respect, you know, it was good, but like you definitely fucked up. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like dude, like they owed you money. And like without, I think maybe you could have been like, I'm going to make you lose if you don't give me the money by this date, unless you have another situation going on. 
Um, yeah, I, I mean, I did say with, that, but I, you're right. I, I could have said if you had another situation, they most likely didn't, but you're right. If they were at least honest, I'll take their word for it. But that's, right. that's just and other then, ways of think, think, but it's worth exploring other ideas so it doesn't have to get right. annoyingly well, Communication's tense. key, you know? Yeah, because like now, because now like, you know, here we are talking about it again, right? right? When if, if, right, let's just say you asked them for the money the first time they paid this wouldn't even be a thing. Nope. Right? Look, at, look at that. You see, you see what I'm saying? It's just this like avalanche that keeps happening and it happens every day. It happens in fantasy football and it happens in my job. You know, it's just one of those things where it's like the goal is to get something done. And like, if we get that one thing done, can we just move on? <laughs> you know? Mm, you, I hate, I do I know hate problems, you. man. I hate problems, but... We gotta learn how to solve them. them. I'm good at solving them. Amen to that, bro. A fucking man. Yo, one thing I want to just ask really quick: Isn't it now that you've been in the workforce? When we talk about fraternity, Mm -hmm. let's be real. I'm gonna say a very, very bold statement: pledging and entry level job work. It's crazy how similar. Maybe they're this. I don't want to say they're the same thing because obviously one's a job and you're with your career and one's just a fraternity, but the way you have to go work hard to earn respect from your superiors is the exact same concept, whether it's pledging or an entry level job. Do you feel that's accurate? So I think that that statement is very bold and I think a lot of people would laugh at you, but from my perspective, I see it as, you hit the nail on the head again, but it's in a different context. Yep, so what exactly. I mean by that is like, you know, like your pledging is very different from going to work at 8 a.m. You know, yes. pledging, you're doing activities at 3 a.m. Whereas my job, you got to be early mm-hmm. and ready to communicate at 8 a.m. You know, like, so it's different in ways like that. And like the professional attire, professional attitude, what have you, um, in those senses. But for what you're talking about, like I am the second youngest person at my job by one week. (laughs) Yeah. My supervisor, my supervisor is 53 years old and he has, uh, close to 41 years of engineering experience my goodness and he's teaching somebody who has 23 years of life experience <laughs> so you see what i'm saying like i this, do see like, what it you're is, saying it is a brand new world to me and to him it's what he breathes eats and sleeps five days a week sometimes six oh, and like you know i mean and you gotta love it but like you said too like he respects me because he knows that after this podcast, I'm going to get more work done. I'm not going to bet you like, because I have a job to do. I have a deadline to meet and I have a limited number of hours to get the job done. And it's my job. So I'm going to do it. I enjoy learning. You know, I mean, pledging is, you know, you're trying to get the respect of, freaking idiots (laughs) and you think that they're the coolest guys alive and they don't got their shit together at all i mean nothing um 
definitely like they're a little bit more mature than you and may have a little bit more experience like drinking beer and talking to girls than you but when it comes <laughs> down to like right. the real shit right like that's yeah. that's really it and like no you do i i completely agree with you in all seriousness too yeah yeah but like like you said too i mean if you want to um if you want to stand out if you want to prove your worth if you want to build that reputation you need to be you need to stand out. You got to do something different. Like um, I read an article on Matthew Barry one time and at one of his interviews, the fantasy football brought, ESPN for people. Yes. Who yes. My guy, he is my guru. <laughs> he, um, he brought a like toy squirt gun to an interview and like put it on the table. And the last question of the interview was, why did you bring a squirt gun? And I mean, today you probably can't do that. You probably get arrested. But, uh, but like he said, because you're going to remember the guy who brought a squirt gun to the interview and he got a call back and he got that job. And it's just shit like that. Like that was, that was his day one that separated him from the pack. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like if you really want to make to do it, that stuff. Right. And that's why, so like I'm sitting here and I know my strengths and my strengths are, when people are not talking to me at nighttime and I can just listen to music and do my job without people bothering me, I get a lot done. I get to, I get to learn more. I get to ask questions, prepare for the next day. It's kind of like, um, that Mamba mentality. Yes. You know? Yes. yes, I mean, he straight up says like, like if, if I start, if everyone else starts training at six or six 30 every day and I, I wake up at four and start training that's two more hours of training every single day that i have on top of my opponents so for me if i'm competing for promotions and raises and managing projects if i'm working if they're all working 40 hours a week and i'm working 50 that's 10 hours more every single week that i'm putting into my job into learning into all this stuff that just separates me so that's my strength, you know, dance beautifully in the bubble that you are comfortable dancing in. That's, that's what Kobe said. Bro, this is so. why you're going places, Kaz. Your drive, your wokeness to this, your ambition is taking you places. And so much, I admire you so much for wanting to continue to work. And I feel the same way with this podcast, trying to, grow an audience just being myself with it i've had plenty of ex- of of suggestions on what i should do to make this show what it is but i like doing it my way for and i've been i've 10 years of listening to these podcasts and radio shows and i know at the end of the day you want somebody to be themselves in a in a host and a personality and i know that i'm good enough it's the why not me attitude and i will make this as legitimate of a thing to, as I can and will. And that's why I have the, made the studio. You're, yeah, by the time you're done, you'll be the 25th person at, on the show already. Showing just 25 different people from all over the world in two months. At this moment, we're at four, about over 425 downloads at this moment. And the show is only eight weeks old. And that's just showing off different people, showing that they are as cool as celebrities as regular people. And we're just being productive amongst them. And I'm being productive, being myself with this. And I know someday 
that will take me far in this endeavor and in my career. So we're just working really hard and we're working really smart at the same time. And we're doing it in our ways. You and I and other people were like racehorses. Racehorses actually have their eyes covered. If anybody noticed, they're just running straight. They don't really care who the other, about the other horses. Tunnel vision, bro. Tunnel vision. And we can always hear people out. And it's fine, but we don't let them manipulate us and bring us down for it because we know what's best for us. And being ourselves are, are going to take us places. And we are patient with it. We're not setting a timetable with it. And we just know we're good enough. And we're our own biggest fan at the end of the day. I mean, bro, like, think about it. Like, it's 1014 on a Tuesday. And we're just chatting. And we're doing this because, yeah, we're friends and we want to talk and stuff but like you organized this you took the time to make that studio you made your platforms to share it you're scheduling zoom meetings with people professional things scheduling times and just rolling with it which makes it fun but like this is the kind of stuff this is practice for you really you know like this is and it's practice but it's not because you love it and that's yeah, that's bro. what matters like dude like not getting paid for this and we don't care because we enjoy it exactly so this is for- when you end up getting paid for it and you're moving up like all those little accomplishments that you you're getting right now you keep those close to your heart you know like you keep that going and you just keep seeing these bumps and just be proud you know like you know always like if, if the little things make you happy the big things are like it's just gonna it's it's gonna rock your world you know like, dude, you're dude, so this is a right long way you. up, you know, it's a long way up. Like, dude, we, like you said, we have to be patient because these other people where we want to be, they were patient. They didn't get this job yesterday and they also didn't start yesterday. You know, this is the type of stuff like you and me right now, we could be playing video games, watching Netflix, like, nah, like, dude, I got shit to do. We're making content you know, like, and we're doing it productively. That's the end of the day. That's why it's called productive conversations. These are interviews. These are conversations for the listeners to help make them better people. And I do it to also explore my creativity and show how awesome a regular person like you is. And um, I mean, well, you're more than a regular person. You're an extraordinary dude. So that's why this comes right. together. And um, why not us? Simply why not us and be and not being afraid to do it. And, uh, and we have a lot of work to do. This is meant, this is just the beginning. I, I'm more hungry. 400 downloads is great for today, but you know what? I want 500. I want 600. I want thousands. I want tens of thousands. I want to get millions someday and it will take some time. I'll continue to do whatever I can reinvent myself to do that, be as relevant as I can. And, um, just don't give up with it. And I know the show's good enough. I know it is relevant. I know it is relatable and I know it is great content for people to enjoy. And other people will know that that's probably the best thing I got out of being a president fraternity. I may not, I may have made decisions that I know weren't the best as the most fun as a whole, but I knew they were the best for the whole. And at the end of the day, the royal ones will recognize and then the idiots will just say, fuck you to me. And I just won't bother it and just swipe it off my shoulder and we'll keep going. If I had any um, sort of like recommendation or some sort of constructive Absolutely. criticism for Please you, do. Um, 
when you wrote those summaries of fantasy football on Instagram, they were both funny and like awesome. <laughs> so where I'm getting at that is, you know, like I know you have your platform and this is what you love to do and like rock on to you're doing great. A lot I think you. like maybe you should also get into like a little bit of the writing thing too with all this. I don't really know how put your own spin on it. You know, that's, that is your job to figure out, but I think you're a really good writer. And I think that it separates you when you can write great articles, stories, narratives, whatever they may be, formal, informal. And then like, you know, comment on something professionally and then also be able to have these conversations. You know what I mean? Because in your world, like, yeah, like the media and uh, reporting, it's not always face to face. This is the, this is the goal of mine though. And this is where you're going to get, and this is the goal. But like all those things, I think, I think you're a really good writer and I don't really know how you could put that spin on it. Mm -hmm. But all I know is, um, dude, you use all of your talents, you know, like, You've got that tunnel vision, but because you have an end goal, but like, you know, like you people have grab said, like things. you can do other things. Yeah. And like, and whatever that handy is, for you. make, yeah. And, and like, like people say that because that's what they want to see. And like how we were talking about baseball, give the people what they want, you know, You're so, so like right, take dude. it with a grain of salt, but, but, but make it your own. No, I you know appreciate it. I mean? Like whatever they want to hear, they can go here on whatever podcast they want to hear. But like, you know, Dude, writing, like it's definitely a skill of yours. And you know, like I would I would love to come on here again sometime. Oh but you know what I'd love to do? Please do, bro, please. You know what would be fun is if we got like like maybe like another person or like two other people and we got like a couple like a couple topics and like a handful like all of our faces on the screen at once, kinda like that ESPN show where they, they get the points. Or when they say something yeah, intelligent around the horn, like, 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 not that, but like, like, not that, like, thing, but just like productive conversations with, like, you know, a group or something, like, that'd be cool too, you know, just like so many, like, you could, you could make a website of like productive conversations, um, group shit, uh, writings, and like all this Maddie B portfolio. You know, like for sure, use all because, dude, you, you have a lot of skills and you have a lot of resources and you've got a lot of good people. So use them for what you want to do to make yourself Maddie B's fucking Maddie B at night on ESPN. You know, take take SVP's job when he's done. Hey man, I respect SVP and maybe one day, one day for that. So to answer first, thank you for the, uh, the great points of constructive criticism. I appreciate it a lot. And to um, address that. So yeah, I actually have been doing that. So if anyone notices, I write the copy for this show. So you'll see a summary that I write similarly to the fantasy recaps. I, I show their personalities. I, I, um, I show off how awesome people are and, and that's one way to show my writing. Cause I do all the copy myself. I do have a website, Matt Brown blogs at squarespace.com. And it has my portfolio for video stuff I've shot. And it also has um, blogs and short stories. I wrote a blog about how I became president fraternity from that story. I wrote about, when I was at MTVPA and I had to get microphones an hour before air and figuring out how to get 
that those mics in midtown manhattan i've written also fake short i've written not fake i've written fictional short stories too in blogs like i wrote about a sugar mama um a fa- basically it's a fantasy sugar mama story and i wrote basically about that and it combined some aspects of my real dating life so i do have that and that's again matt brown blogs at squarespace.com and it's in the copy of the show and then i write everyone's individual writing but you're right any you i could write do more a um you 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 should write a uh, fictional story on a trade between LeBron and Zion and send it to Max Kellerman and see what he thinks. Why not? We'll have a uh, great. Uh, we'll we'll, have, we'll spin it in a way to show these two minds coming together. Why not? Um, so yeah, you're right. I, I absolutely do. I write every day. I write a journal every day. Um, and I and that's where some of those blogs came from. But we could explore those more. No such thing as too much writing. No such thing as too many ideas. And um, I, I I appreciate you saying that stuff. And I will um, explore it even more and make sure to make an emphasis to read the special copy. So thank you for that. And um, and you want to know something where that writing comes from? So if you'll see on my Instagram when I'm not writing when I'm not podcasting, when I'm not working out, and when I'm not hanging out with, with people or group of people. I watch a lot of movies and TV. And the reason why is not to dumb down watching The Stupid Office. I watch movies from all over the centuries, no matter if they're black and white, no matter if they're in English or not. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I watch those is because I want to know different how people tell different stories, simple as that. And it's both exactly. classics and goods. And I know some of the movies are definitely pretentious that maybe a huge film nerd like me would like, but I will watch something stupid or no, nah, I won't say stupid. I'll watch something a little more grotesque. So like one day I'll yeah, watch, I mean, on Monday before NFL, before the Sunday, I don't go, I don't go to the gym on Sunday. So I go every other day of the week. So I watch two move, two movies before the NFL games. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf and cat on a hot tin roof. They are like world renowned plays and literatures. Like this is what would get English teachers hard and like, crazy like these are deep <laughs> tennessee williams gotcha. edward albee's writing and probably to the average person it's boring as hell i won't lie like they're literally just people talking the entire movie i though figured out how i saw it as like the conflict that was in why are these people how do they make this into a story um even and you know one of the movies are in black and white too and it's literally four people talking for a whole movie but i looked at it in a certain way that helps me become a better writer and uh get certain references in and stuff like that so i do watch a lot of those movies you see in my page a lot of them i wouldn't necessarily choose right away but i have to watch them because of how significant they are you know what i mean no that's that's beautiful i mean and and that's, you know, you could connect that to really anything. Like if you want to fully understand something, you need to know the in and out of everything. Yeah. And the industry that you're in, like, it's actually a shame how, how like, you know, you don't have your dream job right now, but that's just how much I know that it's going to come because like, it's never going to be too late for it. So like, we're going for it. But like the, the the guys at any news channel, right? Like they're not gonna watch this this video. They're gonna watch the whole thing to when we get to this point, right? They might. But like if, if they heard what you just like said, dude, like fuck your interview questions. That's the kind of guy that you want working for you. You know, yeah. it's about the people. It's really about the people. Like, you know, like 
it, if, if your heart's in it, that's half the game. And, you yes. know, a lot of people just have jobs because they need jobs. And, and some people you know, just like, got given opportunities because they knew someone like that with no industry experience. And it's just part of the yeah, stupid and like game. This, this, this right here, this is, this is experience. You know what I mean? And you know what? You know, when, when it comes to people who listen, whether they listen to the whole podcast is in its tired in its entirety or not, I know not everybody may necessarily, but there are people who will, and those people are going to get something out of it. And then as we continue to grow this audience, there will be people who listen to the entire thing and get inspired from it. So I treat every single segment in this podcast like it's my last, no matter whom I'm talking to, it's going to get someone, something out of someone. And at the end of the day, if I'm the only person to get something out of it, then fine. I, I'm happy. I made myself happy. Same with but those I know movies too. Will. Same with the movies. Like, dude, you're watching those movies by yourself, but you're taking something in from them. You're sure. doing that because it's making you better and you want to. And that's the kind of stuff that you'll be on someone else's podcast one day talking about how you got to where you got. Everyone can just kind of man. For sure, man. Everyone has something interesting about them. I really, really believe it, man. We've been at it for almost two and a half hours. I know you have some work to do, but if you don't mind, uh, just very, two just two quick things. One, what's your favorite beer? Sure, bro. What's your favorite beer in this Well, movie? you know, well, obviously, you know, Yingling's my go-to. Yingling's. That's my, like, you know, all the time. Like, I could drink it in the summer, in the winter, you, whatever. Um. <sighs> I mean, that's probably got to be my favorite beer, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I love – and that's not to say that I'm not willing to try other beers. Like, I try new beers all the time. Um, Jacob Murray, if you ever have him on this, he is an avid um, beer explorer. And whenever he comes up with a new one he likes, you know, he buys a six-pack, comes over to my house, and we fucking drink it. Let's and go. Let's get it. Half the times I love it, half the times I hate it. But it's all about the experience, man. Like, you never know until you try, you know? Right. So, like... That's for sure. I, I, I love I love beer, dude. Like, I love all different kinds of beer. beer. I love too. going to places like World of Beer and just, like, seeing something crazy on the menu. And I'm like, wow. All Give right, it to me. Fuck it. You know, like... So, I think, like, you know, if I'm going to the liquor store on any typical day, I'm probably going to leave with Yangling. But... With that being said, I mean, like, beer's beer, and I fucking love it. Except Keystone. I've been a, I've been a little bit of, oh, never, can't, can't go back to Keystone, dude. <laughs> back too many memories. Uh, you were about uh, to say something, too? You you were about a what? I've actually been a, um, a little bit of a wine drinker lately, too. I, I feel uh, like a lot of like people have a, have been evolving into that lately. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I do enjoy me a good glass of wine. I yeah, do. dude. It's a little different. You know, like I, I obviously like red wine. beer. Come on. Uh, yes, yes. Red I like, I like both, shit. to be honest with you. I like. Oh, yeah, me too. I like both. If I had to pick. And white Merlot. Yeah, I yeah, I had to yeah. pick. I love my red wine. And, you know, with beer, man, bro, if beer's, beer's good, that's one of the great what's things. Your, what's your favorite beer? Blue Moon. Blue Moon Blue is Man. the one. You know, one thing I this is just me. I don't really like eating when I drink alcohol. I don't. Yo, same. I think it's just it doesn't it's quench same. my thirst. Like I'll I'll go to the bar, eat my meal, and then get my beer. Like that's that's or whatever I'm drinking. That's I yeah, don't like drinking no, alcohol I, with a oh, with any meal. Facts. 
Facts. And, you know, especially beer fills you up too. Oh yeah. Like I want to enjoy beer the meal, get, you know, get drink, you out of your drink my water and like, you know, I want to enjoy my meal when I'm enjoying my meal. And then I want to enjoy my beer when I'm enjoying my beer. Right. You know yeah. I, mean? I, I want to actually drink it like that. Like I don't like, like, you know, when I'm having my meal, I really only drink, I don't drink coffee. I don't, I mean, I only drink milk with, with my uh, supplement sakes. And uh, it's yeah. just, it's just like, I just take it all in in that aspect, and uh, I like um, I want to dr- enjoy my beer for my beer, and uh, I also really like Stella's are good, uh, Yingling is good too. I like finding random IPAs or or yeah. craft beers, I should Same. say. Actually, the Stone yeah. Cold Steve Austin beer was really good. I, I all I know is Stone Cold Steve Austin beer. It's, it's really fire. And, what's it? Um, what's it called? It's just Stone Cold Steve Austin beer, I, or that, that's it, that's it. That's literally. I swear, it. I swear. Like once we're done here, I'll I'll DM right, you what dude. it looks like. I'll, yeah, I'll have to try it. And I would love to share that with here Jacob's opinion for it too. And also the last thing I wanted to um, <laughs> to say regarding the uh, multiple people Zoom. So I said after twenty five, I'll start doing um multiple zooms and have you know repeat get- while getting new guests of course we can have repeat guests with other people whether it was whether it's you and me you and me and jacob and we could do it with zoom you know zoom has a three-person 40-minute limit but you could just restart right away after which is great you know hopefully they keep that until then or then i have to pay 150 dollars for the year so maybe um when that comes around i may have a workaround on that problem so when you get to there let, give me a ring and for I'll sure you out. for sure and uh, i yeah. would like that and and yeah, yeah even if the worst case scenario if we only do the 40 minute limit literally we just all i would say is hey we're going to take a quick break and then i just start a new meeting and then we do it again so that's right now zoom i think i, think uh, I got a way around it but um it's uh it's a magical way that, uh, you know, magicians don't reveal their uh, secrets. So uh, <laughs> let me know. And I think I can, uh, we can go 40 minutes or we can go two and a half hours. I think we'll, we'll be okay. But oh, like yeah. you said, we're, 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 we're guys, guys, and we're man's man. Exactly. We'll, we'll, we'll be we're fine. Figure it out. Exactly. And again, in the Nothing worst case. wrong with dialing the phone, dude. <laughs> right right i hear that dude but and thank you for that thank you seriously and um yeah so when it comes to that we don't um you know again we would just if we have to do it that way we'll do it but of course any other help that's great that uh you know nobody gets in trouble you get for something it out of you get something out of every uh every podcast my friend Absolutely, man. Yo, just one last thing before we say goodbye, Kaz. I end each show with the Prowse questionnaire, which is a tradition from an old show called Inside the Actor Studio. So I'm going to ask you 10 rapid fire but pretty deep questions, and then we'll say goodbye if you're down with that. Sounds great. Yo, your first word, my first question. What is your favorite word? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right that's the first tier all right i like your answer what's your least favorite word ah uh, shit uh, uh that's not it um uh i don't think i have a worst no least favorite word, word? All, right, all right yeah 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 all right you know this- what you know what actually actually i do What's up? Also, fuck. 
fuck. All right. Awesome. Favorite word is fuck. Least favorite word is fuck. Now my third question. Let me just make clear. This is not a sexual question. This is more of a life question. But what turns you on in this world? Some people say like the sound of a baseball being hit by a being hit. Some people say good attitudes and good vibes turns you on. What turns you on in this world? Um, Scott Hansen's voice on Sundays and, mm-hmm. um, uh, and laughter. All right. And laughter. Just, um, if those people who don't know, Scott Hansen is the voice of the NFL red zone that we hear every weekend. So thank you for him for providing us with the games around the league. And yeah. I love the, I love laughter. So, um, so what turns you off in this world I think um, feeling like sorry for yourself when like for for too long and using it as an excuse Good answer, you know, like good answer. In a, in a way of excuses, you know. I do know. Like it's okay to it's okay to have bad days. It's okay to be depressed. It's okay to feel those things, but as long as those things are temporary, because me and Maddie B got shit to do. Damn okay. fucking straight, bro. With that, yo. So you, I guess you kind of answered this, but you can, uh, you know, answer this in a certain different way if you want. What sure. sound or noise do you love? Definitely love the sound of like a basketball swishing. Ooh, nothing. He's a nice when they had a nothing but netter. Swoop. Hear that, brother. That, and I got, I actually have like a chain, a chain rim right now on my hoop. So now oh, it's you really, like the old school, man, with that grit. Yeah, dude. Yeah, you, you know. <laughs> I do know. So, what sound or noise do you hate? Oh my God. When I join Zoom meetings at work and the operator goes, goodbye, and fucking hangs up because I didn't put in the right meeting ID. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. Or the, the Zoom the call sound. sound. Dun, 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 yeah, dun, yeah. Dun. <laughs> you have entered the wrong meeting ID. Goodbye. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> like, Fuck, bro, I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yo, tell me. Um, I guess you kind of answered this question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. What's your favorite curse word, Kaz? Oh, well, definitely fuck. But, like, to those who know me, you know it, got, it has to go together with the yeah. So, like, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> our first double answer, our first double word with that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, so tell me, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, kind of along the lines of what you're doing, but just more aimed in uh, sports. Hey, man, it's never so, too late. If you want some advice, yeah. you know who to go to. For sure. You definitely have a head start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you can hold your own with this, too. I would totally listen, man, and, and promote the shit out of it. So what profession would you not like to do? 
any job that's like, you know, you're going to work and doing the same thing every day. Just any job that it's like, you know, I'm not doing something, Anything whether it's bettering the world, bettering the environment or bettering like people, you know, like if I'm just going in, just being a fucking keyboard typer. Nah. Hey, for me, I hear that, bro. I really, really do. And, um, my last question and I think I'm really excited for your answer for this, Kaz. If yeah. heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> Dang, you're short. <laughs> 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 yeah yo you know what i'm gonna well, that's, like, that'd be the joking you know like i feel like maybe if he was like you know beers over there women over there and uh your family members over there yeah yo man you know i'll give you my i asked this for some people i've never answered that question you know what i would like god to say to me this is a movie What's reference that? but you ever see this is the end yes yes remember the he goes okay goes he goes Welcome to heaven, motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like yeah. so hyped. Then see, you know, first things first, see some family I have to see. That'd be definitely the first thing I would do. So um, seriously, Kaz, nothing but a pleasure. Again, I want you to come back. I'm glad uh, you expressed that. Whether with just you and me, whether it's you with another person, especially we have to do one with Jacob Murray. I hope he, he'd be down and... Um, Seriously, man, like I said, everything I said at the beginning, yeah, you got a lot of my respect. You got a lot of my love. And, bro, you're going places, bro. I'm very fortunate to have you in my life. And uh, I can't wait to do this again. And every you are every sense of the words when people say, you are the man. Matt Brown, everything you just said, retweet for you, brother. <laughs> love you, dude. You're doing a great job here. And uh, thank you for for doing this this was both fun it was productive you know we both got something out of it and uh i'm excited to come back on to the next one with that man bro thank you for your kind words and i love you too brother thank you so so much and with that that's my guy the great steve casalunas thank you so much bro i'll see you really really soon stay safe my friend all right see you later bro How about that? Isn't Steve just incredible? Seriously, I love that guy. And I hope to see him have his own podcast and create his own content. And I will be supporting him the whole way. And I hope you check him out too, because like I said, he's going somewhere. He's got potential. And uh, he's got my support during this whole endeavor. So please, Kaz, please make more content for this world. We would all appreciate it. And with that, that's my last show of this week. We'll be back here on Monday, December 14th with one of the greatest people to ever come out of Norwalk, Connecticut. And man, I hope my son is like this guy. His girlfriend is a lucky lady because she is blessed by the presence of this man. And I was so blessed to have his presence on my show. And again, you listeners will love this man. It's none other than... 
Thomas Arduino is going to be in the building December 14th. Again, it was actually one of my more proud shows with how deep, funny, and awesome our conversation was. And he's going to be here on Monday, December 14th. And it's great. And again, don't forget to check out the Tweet Cap every Friday with Ryan Page. Podcast that we go over all of the trending topics of the news. Last week, we had Melissa Wilkerson talk about the COVID vaccine. This week, Brittany St. Brown is in the building this Thursday. And we're going to have a great Zoom with that. So that will be on tomorrow, the 11th of December. Check out the Tweet Cap with Ryan Page and myself with our special guest, Brendan St. Brown. And also just check out the rest of my podcasting content on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. We have also added some new podcasting sites to distribute this show and every single one of those podcasting sites who have accepted the Productive Conversations podcast, I extremely appreciate you. We've added four recently. The Productive Conversations podcast is available on Pandora. It's available on Radio.com. It's available on Amazon Music. And it's available on Audible. Thank you to those four distributors for accepting the show. And you can also check out the show on those four sites again that is pandora radio.com amazon music and audible so again as we keep growing as we keep grinding and as we continue to stay hungry to make the show as great as it can and and allow you as the greatest listeners in the world to be entertained i just want to appreciate every single one of you and i believe in you that you will strive Thank you for tuning in. We have a lot more great things in store. And having said all of that, I'd like to thank my guest, Stephen Casalunas, for coming on the show today. I would like to thank you, the audience, for tuning in. I love and appreciate every single one of you. And again, I will be back here this Monday, December 14th, with the great Thomas Arduino. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Wear your mask if you're going out. And appreciate all the great people in your life who do good by you, especially your family, especially your real friends and your pets. And with all of that, my name is Matt Brown. I am your host, and I will see you very, very soon. Peace. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.